Gruber, we met with him, talked to him about the comic book and how he sold Howard's journey on Earth. And, uh, you know, he had a very unique uh, sense of humor. When I got part, they sent me a bunch of comic books, which I thought were hilarious and really funny and irreverent. And, uh, and um, the original, original, original story in the Steve Gerber, Steve Gerber comic. Just kind of very, very film noir with this absurdist element. Sort of goofy humor, and it was a love story, yet that there would be suspenseful, darker elements too. He thought about thought it was thought it was very, very funny, very funny. He's deeper a duck from outer space. Well, maybe there is, as ridiculous as this idea sounds, something that would be very entertaining and very unusual. They sent me a bunch of the which, which I thought which I thought which I thought were hilarious and really funny and irreverent. Welcome to Geek Fights, the Ponzi scheme of podcasting. I'm Damon Shaw. This week's battle is best comic book creator. It's writers versus artists. With me, as always, is Mr. Mike Ortiz. Mike, who's joining us tonight? Tonight, we have with us Dominic Williams. Hello. Kirsten Sapansky. Howdy, howdy. And Chuck Farrell. Hey, hey, hey. So, uh, you know, we do this. We have 32 comic creators, 16 artists, 16 writers, each in their own bracket. Uh, At the end, it will be artist versus writer. Uh, all of them were chosen by our panelists, uh, just comic creators from uh, past and present. Uh, we set them up in tournament brackets, which you can download from our website at geekfights.net. We pit one against the other and put it to a vote. Winner moves on to the next round, where it starts all over again until something, someone, is crowned best comic creator. Uh, you can use the, whatever criteria you want to determine the match, uh, who's had the most influence, uh, who you loved as a kid. Uh, who would win in a fight would be kind of interesting here. I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of tough guys uh, in comics. I think it might be Jack Kirby versus Alan Moore uh, at the <laughs> end. Uh, but uh, but we, uh, any logic you want, that's uh, what we call geek logic. It's the heart of every geek fight. All right, then let's start the fights. Uh, Dominic, this fight is yours. It's kind of a hard one. It is Grant Morrison versus Steve Gerber. All right. Refresh my memory. Who's Steve Gerber? Howard the Duck. <laughs> Grant Morrison. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will put up my vote for Grant Morrison based on the movie Howard the Duck. That is that exactly was- what Jared said was going to happen. Word for word. Exactly what Jared said was going to happen. <laughs> but a vote for Grant Morrison. Mike? Uh, I will also vote for Grant Morrison, but not because of the Howard the Duck movie. Um, because, you know, you could technically hold the Matrix sequels against uh, Grant Morrison. So I don't know if there's some canceling out there. Uh-huh. It's just inspired by. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Gerber was a great writer and Howard the Duck uh, was a great book. Um, but uh, I don't think it holds a candle to, uh, you know, just Animal Man uh, was, uh, to me, better than, than anything Steve Gerber did, and, and Morrison's done better since, so uh, it's definitely Grant Morrison. Another vote for Grant Morrison. Kirsten? Um, yeah, I'm going to pretty much go with, uh, with Morrison as well. Um, Gerber, I mean, Gerber was, uh, um, Gerber was pretty damn important, and uh, I think that uh, Howard the Duck actually uh, was, uh, 
made for a nice push for uh, weird comics, you know, for that kind of alt thing for uh, Marvel. But uh, Morrison, you know, Morrison just does on average what, uh, you know, Gerber did at his peak. So in terms of like approach theme and all of that stuff. So Morrison. Uh, Vote for Grant Morrison. Chuck. Yeah, all I got to say is, damn you, Lucas, for, you know, tainting Howard the Duck with, uh, you know, that horrible movie with the $10,000 horrible suit and all that other junk. Um, Howard the Duck was pretty clever, uh, pretty witty. liked it a lot. Uh, but I am going to vote for Grant Morrison, but with an asterisk. Uh, I really l- like Grant Morrison's run he did uh, with X-Men. Um, I think it was back in the 90s, uh, which was awesome. Uh, but he's a really weird dude. You don't know what you're going to get from him. Like he be, uh, one, one comic book run he made was called The Adventures of Adolf Hitler. Uh, sometimes you don't know what the hell is going on. He's definitely a crackhead. But, um, you know, just like all, uh, you know, great creative minds, sometimes you got to be a little crazy to make something good. So I'm going for Morrison. Uh, vote for Grant Morrison. And uh, it, <clears throat> I'm going to be voting for Gerber uh, just as a pity vote. Sorry, Jared, that Gerber goes out in the first <laughs> round. I, 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 if Grant Morrison goes on further, I'll tell the, uh, well, I'll get Mike to tell the heroin story. Anyway, moving on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is Stan Lee versus Brian Michael Bendis. Um, I, you know, I certainly love Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, if, if I had my choice right now of what to read, a Brian Michael Bendis comic or a Stan Lee comic, uh, which technically I do since I have both of them uh, near me. Uh, but I have Bendis comics that I read every month, and I haven't read Stanley in ages, and I don't really even go back and read the old stuff. Um, but I think here the the huge force of history has to show some uh, some effect, and uh, you know it's it's Stanley. You know as much as. Jared may hate it. We would not be having this discussion if it weren't for Stan Lee. Uh, and not just for that, but because he invented everything that we talked about. Uh, that all came from him, among others, sure. But he was there for, for pretty much all of it, whereas his contributors, you know, had their, their thing. And, uh, and, you know, Stan's greatest creation was himself. So, <laughs> Stan Lee. Uh, vote for Stan Lee, Kirsten. Wow, I thought I was going to be alone on this one. Um, I love Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, he actually got me really interested in uh, comics when my interest was waning. Um, um, you know, way back when uh, when when he was getting started in Marvel and stuff. And um, but I kind of figured all you kids would be going for the new blood, so I figured I'm going to throw my vote in for Stan Lee just because of history's sake. Because, yeah, I mean, everything uh, we may end up talking about with writers is built on uh, what he started, even though, uh, yeah, he can he can be very I think he can be very dated today. And maybe it's the rose colored glasses of nostalgia, but I do have my Marvel masterworks and I love picking them up and running through them and enjoying them. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Lee. I'll vote for Stan the man. Uh, Chuck. Um, now is Stan Lee that guy that's in those, um, Silent Bob, uh, uh movies? Who the heck? Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, in all seriousness, um, most of the discussions in this these matchups are really going to come down to uh, you know who's more creative or who's kind of the first or uh, you know really establish a lot of stuff. And I have to kind of weigh, you know, if is is this guy super creative or he's just kind of in on the ground floor. Um, ben, this is great. I thought House M was kind of cool. He was behind a lot of other stuff when I got back into reading comics. Um, but I just cannot vote against Stan Lee. Uh, you know, without Stan Lee, as Mike said earlier, uh, a lot of aspects of comics would not exist. So, Stan Lee. Oh, vote for Stan Lee. Holy um, crap. Yeah, I'm going to go physical fight here. <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis whooped the shit out of that 90 year old man I don't think so what if he has a gun? Bendis is a sissy Bendis might be a sissy but he's actually a a, a healthy I don't know what 40 45 year old guy he should be able to take out a 90 year old that's all I'm saying so oh, I'm man, Stan's, Michael Bendis. Stan's, uh, Stan's wiry he's wiry but he didn't even fight in World War 2 so Brian Michael Bendis and Dominic. Uh, I want to vote for Stan Lee because he built everything in the Marvel Universe. Or he was the Marvel architect for so long. But I'm not going to because of that crap he did for DC and then he charged like super prices for that. My reimagining of all the characters crap that he put out that was just pure garbage to me. And it wasted lots of money and pissed me off. So, um, I'm in spite, in spite, I'm going to vote for yeah. Brian Michael Bendis. I'll vote for Brian Michael Bendis, but Stan the Manly is moving on, and we are on to our next fight. Kirsten, this one is yours. It is Garth Ennis versus Chris Claremont. Um, <clears throat> well, geez, talking about uh, uh, tough guy versus uh, not tough guy, I, uh, I mean, Garth Ennis... Uh, I've never met him. I, I haven't even seen him, but just based on his writing, the man scares the hell out of me. And uh, I, I love Ennis. Um, I, I, love, uh, I love him for the boys. I love him for his run on The Punisher. Um, n- you know, nobody understands The Punisher like Ennis does, although I have to admit Aaron right now on Punisher Max is, uh, is doing a, a stand-up job. Um... And uh, Claremont, I mean, Claremont, you got history there because of his, just his sheer historic phenomenal run on X-Men. Um, but at the same time, the dangling plot threads that would never get resolved and uh, the, there were elements of soap opera to the X-Men under Claremont that, that sometimes got under my skin, even though I have to admit I pretty much continued reading it while he was, you know, writing it. So, but in the end, I must go with Garth Ennis. A uh, vote for Garth Ennis. Chuck. Yeah, this is a tough one. Garth Ennis is um, really great. Uh, Punisher is, is awesome. Preacher, I remember reading that, being like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening in the comic book. <laughs> um, however, um, I'm going to vote for Chris Claremont, and the reason is that um, I do agree uh, that um, you had some kind of a cliche, you know, comic book elements with dangling storylines, etc., but that was really the market he was working in at the time. He pretty much, you know, was responsible for over a decade of Uncanny X-Men, uh, the Dark Phoenix uh, saga, uh, really kind of um, made a lot of female characters more three-dimensional in X-Men. So uh, uh, he's just kind of like a real 
towering giant, and you know, it's my mind, so I'm going for Claremont. Uh, vote for Chris Claremont. Um, two words: Remy Picard. Uh, those of you that know what that means, know what that means. Those of you that don't, uh, you probably won't. Uh, that's the reason I'm going to be voting for Garth Ennis. And it sounds like nobody on this knows what I'm talking about. Uh, Chris Claremont oh, came back about. to clean up the cl- plot threads from the X-Men that he left dangling. And Remy Picard is the name of Gambit. That is his name. Not Remy LeBeau. It is Remy Picard. That is the name he said. That's his name, goddammit. That's the name I was going to give him. Anyway, uh, Garth Ennis gets a point from me. Dominic? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, every time somebody tells me like the plot storyline of a Garth Ennis story, I've never read Garth Ennis. And when somebody tells me like what the story is about, I'm like, oh, why would I want to read? I don't want to read that. They tell me it's awesome and it's over the top, but I just I never have gotten the nerve to even read it. So I'm gonna vote for Chris Claremont because I probably read everything Chris Claremont wrote like growing up because I was an X Men fanboy back in the day, and I mean. That's what I grew up on. That's what kept me in comics for, like, years and years and years. So regardless of whatever flaws there are in the work, you know, it still gets me to go out and run to the 7-Eleven and pick up comic books when I was a kid. So that's what I'm going to do. Chris Claremont. Another vote for Chris, Chris Claremont. It is all tied up, and it comes down to you, Mike. Which one are you picking? Oh, wow. Um, I... I think I'm going to go Chris Claremont. Um, Garth Ennis is, mm. is actually probably a better writer. I, I think Preacher is uh, perfect. I think that it, it's a great run, and, and it's one of the best comics of all time. But, you know, certainly in terms of, of the the impact, um, you know, we were talking about the, the cliches in the X-Men, but one of the reasons there were those cliches in the x-men is they kind of invented a lot of those cliches i mean it was the book that defined the the team book uh and and not i mean certainly it, it launches great with with burn but it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger uh and and really is responsible for launching uh the careers uh, of jim lee and wills portacio and uh, and Image Comics. I mean, all of this comes from the stuff that that he created, that he wove and made successful for really longer than any any other writer on a title. I mean, longer than than Stan was on Fantastic Four, longer than Peter David, I think, even maybe not Peter David, but certainly Peter David's books were never as big as this. So uh, yeah, Claremont, he's. He, he, we, if we judge everybody on here by the worst of their work, then it's not fair to judge Garth Ennis because he hasn't done his shitty work yet. You know, give him 30 years and, and he'll be doing Stripperella too. <laughs> A vote for Chris Claremont. And Chris Claremont moves on. We are on to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. It is Alan Moore versus Greg Rucka. Okay, uh, I'm not super familiar with uh, Greg Rucka. All I know is he's a relatively new um, uh, writer, uh, I think, for DC. Uh, I don't know if anyone points anything in particular that he did that is famous. Uh, I don't know. But uh, Alan Moore, in my mind, hands down, wins this matchup. Uh, you know, Watchmen, even his run of Swamp Thing, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and just the, his whole attitude, the fact that he's so so nuts and refuses to have his name put on big Hollywood movies and is very uncooperative in that kind of vein. 
every time I hear stories like that, I just go, man, he's awesome. Alan Moore. Oh, vote for Alan Moore. Uh, Rucker did a, a few good runs on, uh, what was it, Batman. I think he did some Daredevil. He, do, he, he does a lot of uh, noir stuff. Or, yeah, a lot of noir. Uh, he's all right. I have no problem with Greg Rucker. Um, nice guy. Alan Moore is crazy. And I like his movies a lot better. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to call them his movies. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to lay all things Alan Moore's feet. The movies that he hates. Yeah, the movies that he hates. Well, see, it's, it's funny because the movies that he likes are the shittiest movies in the world. Because I think he likes League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. No, he doesn't like, he doesn't like I don't know if you've seen any of them. I thought he's. I thought yeah, he's. Yeah, I don't think he's seen either. He's seen either. No, about, that was just. He just didn't take his name off. Okay, okay. What about, yeah, yeah. Because oh, I didn't like that either. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, yeah. But uh, yeah. my vote goes to Alan Moore. Uh, Dominic? So, this is where I, I get the short straw. Like, I put my favorite people on, like, one on each side, and they both go up against, like, comic icons and get blasted in the first round. So, Greg Rucka is, like, my favorite, you know, the war, spy, thriller type writer. I think he's the only person in the last decade to do a good Wonder Woman story before uh, the new, the current story right now. And he did The Queen and Country, which was, like, MI6. And um, the Elegy story for Batwoman, which is, like, the story that everybody talks about when they talk about Batwoman. And saying that, and they're all awesome. They're all great reads. He's a great writer. But Alan Moore is kind of Alan Moore. It's, as much as I hate to say that, it's Alan Moore. A vote for Alan Moore. Voting against his heart. Uh, Mike? Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely Alan Moore. I mean, it's... this is Greg Rucka has done uh, some good stuff. Uh, some people are huge fans of his, but uh, it's it does not stack up against, you know, the short list, you know, Watchmen v. Vendetta from Hell. Uh, and that's that's just kind of the big popular stuff. There's a lot of other amazing stuff. And, and Alan Moore's body of work that uh, just can't be touched by, by Rucka. A vote for Alan Moore and Kirsten. Yeah, Alan Moore. I mean, uh, poor, uh, poor Rucka. This is, this is bringing a... Um, um, uh, an automatic to a howitzer fight, and uh, more uh, the man's, uh, you know. Well, what can, what else can you say, Alan Moore? Alan Moore in a clean sweep. That that was that that was brutal. But this is brutal for me. Uh, it is Warren Ellis versus Peter David, two of my all-time favorite writers. Uh, I will read anything that Warren Ellis does. I will read anything that Peter David does. As a matter of fact, Peter David's run on the Hulk is epic. It goes on for 12 years, 13 years. He wrote, he wrote like something, a ridiculous amount of The Incredible Hulk. If you read an Incredible Hulk comic in the 90s, you were reading Peter David. Like, that's how big, how long he was writing uh, The Incredible Hulk. He's, he's to The Incredible Hulk what, uh, what Chris Claremont is to the X-Men. Like, everything that you know about the Hulk is from the, the Peter David run. Uh, Warren Ellis has written some amazing pieces of work outside of mainstream comics. Uh, you've got The Authority, you've got Planetary, but then you also have stuff that he did in mainstream comics that was awesome too, which I can't name right now. Like, just nothing's coming to my head. But, uh, I've got to go with P.A.D., Pat himself, P. 
Peter Allen David. That's right. I know his middle name. I'm going with Peter David. Dominic? See, I like them both, too. Um, Warren Ellis also wrote that, uh, that awesome G.I. Joe um, animated cartoon they did. G.I. Like, Joe Resolute, yes. Yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome. I, 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 I'm, I'm played to like, vote for Warren Ellis just for that, but Peter David does awesome work like on, on the regular, just like his regular old, anything he writes pretty much up to snuff. I mean, he takes like things that nobody wants to write and uh, turns them into something good. Like, I thought Jamie Madrock's X Factor was going to be terrible. But, but Peter David turned it into something interesting with Guido as a character. So we'll go ahead and go with Peter David. Another vote for Peter David. Mike. Yeah, this this is really tough. I mean, I look up, I'm, I'm looking right now on my shelf at uh, Absolute Planetary. And, and Planetary uh-huh. is one of my all-time favorite comic books. Um, it's one that I really do go back to over and over again. Uh, more than even something like Watchmen, I just it's it's much more kind of superhero that I that I like and enjoy, and it's a mystery. And, and Alice has written so many good things, but I re- it really does come back to that run on the Hulk uh, just by itself. I mean that not only was it just a long run, it's not that tough to have a really long run, but it was good pretty much the whole time, and transformed that character in a way that nobody had. I mean, he pretty much had been just the character running around the way he was on the TV show. Oh, everybody hates the Hulk. He talks like a child. Um, and then he, he turns gray. And then Peter David turns him into a fucking bouncer. And then, you know, makes him uh, mer- multiple personality kind of emerge under under that. And they merge them all together, and you get the smart Hulk with Banner's face who works for the pan. Just completely transform the character into something completely different and completely fitting and organic. And I actually kind of wish the Hulk was like that now. I mean, he's kind of gotten back there a little bit, I guess. Um, so that was just such an amazing, such a defining run. Uh, so just that alone, and you know, you factor in all the other stuff. The, one of the only writers who ever got Star Trek really well in the comics. Um, it's Peter David. Another vote for Peter David. Kirsten. Um, yeah, this one. Uh, this one's a little tough. Um, I. Uh, I don't know. Um, Ellis is. Uh, he, he is writing some great stuff, and I agree totally. Like with Planetary, that that just blew me away when I read it, and I. I just love. I love the sheer geekitude of the comic, but it's also done in Ellis fashion. So it's not just uh, some simpering little bit of fanboyishness. Um, but David, yeah, I read most of his run on the Hulk, and uh, um, I used to get you know CBG and read his by, but I digress all the time too. So um i think for sheer historicity's sake i will uh, pitch it to david another vote for peter david chuck is it a clean sweep yeah uh <clears throat> to be honest i, I initially was going to vote for warren ellis because i uh, felt like he is a little more creative i agree with, with everything you guys said about planetary and uh, it was just brilliant how uh, that comic had a lot of references to other uh, mainstream comics while at the same time being unique um you know he also wrote this uh, other run um which is almost kind of like a uh 
cyberpunk equivalent of Hunter S. Thompson called Transmetropolitan, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, really great as well. Um, so uh, Peter David uh, is awesome, but he also has a, a lot of crap too. But um, I agree with Mike earlier that uh, I'm not going to hold that against him because the industry that he works in, you know. But uh, Peter David, you just look at his output, it's staggering. Like the man to write like a, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer tie-in novel while he's going to sleep. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Star Trek Connection, he has some great Star Trek novels. But uh, I'm going to put some love out to Ellis since Peter David's going to win anyway and go with Warren Ellis. Uh, vote for Warren Ellis. And I'm going to stop here for just a second and say, literally everybody that we're talking about right now, if you went to a comic shop, and you picked up something that they're doing that they did, you probably will like it. You, you could find something from one of the creators on this list that you will like just by virtue of the fact that you're listening to this show. <laughs> Period. Anyway, on to our next fight. Dominic, this one is yours. It is uh, Frank Miller versus Brian K. Vaughn. <laughs> okay. I don't even know if Brian K. Vaughn has written enough stuff to compete with Frank Miller. Um, I've been listening to people talk about whether the Dark Knight Returns is like the best comic ever. Um, uh, Sin City. I mean, I love everything that I've read from Brian K. Vaughan, and I pretty much was in the love affair during that time. He was writing the Why the Last Man, and then he had the one with the Lions. But it doesn't compete with the awesomeness and the sheer. Uh, quality and quantity of uh, Frank Miller. I, I, I can't do it. Uh, I saw Batman Year One on Blu-ray recently, and Frank Miller. Sorry. Uh, vote for Frank Miller, Mike. Yeah, Brian K. Vaughn is a, is a very talented writer. Um, uh, I loved uh, Ex Machina. Uh, never didn't never finished Why the Last Man, um, but his run on Runaways was also quite good. And I ex- he, he's got a new book coming out that looks really good. I expect his best days are ahead of him still. Um, but, you know, just to, to put it simply, I don't care if he's crazy, if he hates uh, the uh, Occupy movement, um, or if The Spirit was a horrible movie. Uh, you know, one statement that, that just cannot be denied is Frank Miller changed comics. And, uh, you, you know, a couple of great series is one thing, but, uh, you know, let's, let's face it again, none, none, none of what we talk about here is possible without Frank Miller. A vote for Frank Miller. Uh, Kirsten. Yeah, as a detaste, distasteful Miller going full conservative uh, lately has been, um, it occurs to me that when people talk about Watchmen and and uh, Dark Knight and uh, uh, Daredevil. A lot of people talk about Watchmen showing the outside world what comics can do, and 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 uh, and its approach to comics. And but there really is a sense of what Alan Moore did for comics with regards to everyone else, non-comics people. Whereas I definitely get a sense that Frank Miller with Daredevil and Dark Knight. He really transformed comics for future comics creators. Uh, I'm, I know that, that more inspired a lot of people, but Miller, it seems to me, 
really had an even bigger impact in that regard in the 80s. And uh, there's just no dis- denying it. Um, and th- Sin City is even some pretty, pretty uh, awesome stuff. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm going to uh, vote for uh, Miller myself. And, yeah, I agree. I think Bond's best days are ahead of him. So I'm looking forward to that. I'll vote for Frank Miller. Chuck. Um, yeah, I agree with the uh, last two guys. Like uh, uh, Mike pointed out that the comics, um, you know, have been changed uh, because of Frank Miller. Unfortunately, Frank Miller became a douchebag in the process. Um, <laughs> you see, uh, I'm not so much, I, I don't deny the contributions Frank Miller, you know, gave uh, to comics. And I think, you know, his, his famous stuff is towering. It's great. And even though we were talking earlier about how sometimes people come out with bad stuff, uh, with Frank Miller, it's just like, what is going on? I mean, you got all-star Batman. Like, uh, like I, I don't even know how, how to, you know, what to say about that. Um, and just these ridiculous responses. He's just so full of himself. Um, just the more and more I hear about Frank Miller as of late, the, the more and more spiteful I get. Uh, Whereas uh, Brian K. Vaughn, sure, he hasn't been around as long. He still has to, you know, stand the test of time. But I don't see him becoming as big of a prick. So I'm voting for Brian K. Vaughn. <laughs> uh, vote for Brian K. Vaughn. And as much as I hate Frank Miller, and I actually do hate Frank Miller. I don't like him. This is probably the only round I'm going to vote for him in. I do like Brian K. Vaughn. I like the work he does. Nothing against Brian K. Vaughn. But I do have to give credit to Man Without Fear. <laughs> and uh, year one, Batman year one, those two books, like I didn't read Daredevil because I thought Daredevil was a silly character. And then I read Man Without Fear and I'm like, oh, oh, he's not a silly character because because he took him from being a silly character, a, a comic book superhero into being a guy who happens to put on a costume, which is very, very different from what he was before. And and actually, he's he's pretty much that now. The way Daredevil has been in the comics for the last 20 years or so, maybe 10 years, is, is direct, directly responsible, Frank Miller's directly responsible for that. So, um, and I like Daredevil. So I'm going to go with uh, Frank Miller. And Frank Miller moves on into the next round. We are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is Gardner Fox versus Roger Stern. This, uh, this is really tough for, for a, a different reason. Neither of these guys um, are, are guys that I... Uh, I really have a, I mean, I, I know them both. I, I have uh, a great deal of both of their work, but they're not guys that I just, that really, I, I, I love or hate, um, it, you know, not to the level of some of the other writers on here. So I, I really don't, I don't quite know how to, how to, to go with it other than, you know, with Gardner Fox, um, just because he contributed, I mean, Stern's a great writer and is probably as good a writer. Uh, but uh, Gardner Fox, just his contributions in creating the Silver Age. Uh, how much was him? How much was Julia Schwartz? How much was the artist? I don't know. Uh, none of us will ever really know that. But he was a part of that formula, and I think an essential part of that formula. And I think the reason you got a a sci-fi DC universe is is uh, as much him as, as Julia Schwartz, um, or, or at least as, as clever a one as you got. So for for the impact that he's had, uh, in particular on uh, Green Lantern, uh, one of my favorite characters, 
uh, I will vote for Gardner Fox. Uh, vote for Gardner Fox. I knew that was coming. Uh, Kirsten. Yeah, Fox. Um, this is tough for me too. Uh, Fox was uh, my vote, and uh, um, you know, you talk about rebooting the Silver Age. It, it was. It was just that. What a what a tremendous transformation um, from from the the previous especially like all the magic and supernatural based heroes that then sort of moved into he, he actually kept the basic hero premise and moved him into a science fictional type of um approach which would was uh, i just um th- that whole approach and you know, what he did with the silver ray was fantastic it's tough for me to vote for him though because um um, my favorite comics historically are the Avengers, and Stern was definitely a writer on some of the best runs that I remember and love. And uh, he uh, he really was uh, quite the man there in that regard, I have to say. But I am going to vote for Fox. A vote for Gardner Fox. I really don't have much to say about this fight. I I, I could I could very quickly and easily just vote for Gardner. Oh wait, no, it's Chuck. You get to go, so I don't get to vote. Aha, Chuck, you vote. <laughs> Did you die, Chuck? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm here, sorry. Um, yeah, this is a, a tough matchup for me as well because um, these are both two guys who um, you know, spent years in the industry, contributed a lot. I won't deny Gardner Fox has the... Uh, I was there, you know, first kind of on the ground floor um really kind of partially responsible for making the jsa what it was and the uh the jla what it was in the silver age um but i'm gonna go with roger stern uh just because as was mentioned earlier he was involved with a lot of great runs that i remember reading as a kid you know a lot of old comics people had at garage sales or my uncles or whatever that i would read um Roger Stern was involved with a lot of 70s Marvel stuff with like uh, John Byrne, John Romita Jr. Um, and he even came up with the basic scenario they ended up using for the death of Superman. Um, so he's had a lot of contributions, you know, you're listening. To but uh, I'm going with Roger Stern. Oh, vote for Roger Stern. Yay! I will be voting for Roger Stern too to tie it up. And so I also don't really actually vote in this fight because I really don't have a dog in this fight at all. Uh, so I'm going to go with Roger Stern. Dominic? Um, I, I, I don't even know. Like, uh, I am less familiar with those two names than all the names that we've said prior. Um, I did recently read the, uh, the race-related, uh, what was it? The graphic novel with um, Green Lantern and uh, John Stewart and Al Jordan with the like protests and whatnot. That was that was like a lot of that. That was that was Gardner Fox, right? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Green Lantern because nobody likes that movie, and Gardner Fox <laughs> was associated with that. So. Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> I vote for Gardner Fox. And Gardner Fox moves on. We are on to our next fight. First unknown of the evening. Uh, this one is a Chris Mitchell pick. It is Roy Thomas versus Chris Mitchell's pick. 
Uh, Karen gave it up for him. Uh, it is Neil Gaiman. Uh, it is Roy Thomas versus Neil Gaiman. Kirsten, that one is yours. Wow, that's rough. That is really rough. Um, man, uh, Thomas, you know, uh, he's a. Uh, I think he had a great run on Marvel's Conan. Um, he he had a great time, great run that I loved on uh, the Avengers from the seventies. He created the Vision, one of my favorite characters. He he uh, you know was this kid who came in and basically uh, helped uh, Stan Lee out on a lot of writing chores and was just a tremendous seventies influence. And um, I man, I just I, um. I love what Thomas did for comics, but with this surprise, uh, Gaiman, I mean, that was, uh, just, uh, <clears throat> you can't, uh, you can't, uh, deny, uh, Sandman and, uh, and, uh, the other things that he's done. Um, I don't know. I think what I'll do is I'll just sheer, just based on sheer weight of his stuff. Um, I will, I will go with Roy Thomas because of all the, all that he had done working as an editor, as well as writer and all that he contributed to Marvel. Um, with, I mean, Gaiman has moved into novels and stuff like that. And, uh, he ended the Sandman run. So it was staggering. Um, but that was a 75 issue run, although he had plenty of other things to follow. So, but, uh, I'll just go ahead and vote for Thomas. I'll vote for Roy Thomas. Chuck? Uh, yeah, I'm on the same page. as. Uh, I mean, when push comes to shove, uh, probably Neil Gaiman is actually a better writer in terms of sheer quality. But um, mm. I'm going with Roy Thomas uh, just because, um, yeah, he was just such an integral part of Marvel and DC Comics from the 70s and the 80s. Neil uh, Gaiman... Uh, Sandman is great. Um, great new writer. He's written some good books like American Gods and things like that. Um, but this is the way I look at it: is this whole fight is the best comic creator, okay? And Gaiman is kind of branching out into other things, movies, screenplays, etc. Like if you walk up to some hipster, you know, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and you go, "Hey, do you know who Neil Gaiman is?" They'll be like, "Yeah, I got like half of his books on my shelf." If you go, "Do you know who Roy Thomas is?" They'll be like, oh, what does he play for the Giants or something like that? They won't know what you're talking about. Only comic book people know Roy Thomas. Thomas. I'll vote for Roy Thomas. Uh, Roy Thomas did have an um, enormous impact in the 1970s, but um, Neil Gaiman also has an enormous impact that nobody's talking about. Vagina. He brought vagina into comic books. There are girls today reading comic books because Neil Gaiman wrote Sandman. And yeah. for that, <clears throat> the creation of the Claire, I am voting for Neil Gaiman. Mm. Dominic? Women everywhere, women everywhere are really happy that you refer to them as vagina. <laughs> well, we're making slow strides gonna, in the comic the world. women listening to this show by now either don't care or they hate us already. There you go. So, I, I agree that women came to comics because of Neil Gaiman. I know we all, you know, a lot of people hate on Sandman because of it being Sandman. But, um, you know, I, I was really, I didn't really read that. And 
I remember when Fable came out, I was like, I don't want to read real-life comics, man. I'm into, you know, superheroes. Aquaman swims under the water. I don't want to read about... It looked like... It looked like a soap opera to me when I first looked at it on the shelf. And I didn't read it until I got my iPad, like, a couple years ago. And I was like, I don't know, there's something special about it. And then I saw that movie... Oh, God, I can't remember the name of that movie that he wrote. Stardust. Stardust is awesome. And I was like, wow, this is the same dude that wrote, you know, Fables and... I think I should read this dude. And then he wrote Coraline, he wrote Coraline and I was like, yeah, I love Coraline. Coraline's like one of my favorite anime movies. And then that episode of Doctor Who that we talked about for, for, for hours on that Doctor Who episode. Uh, he wrote that one. Um, but I think what seals it for me, for for uh, Neil Gaiman is that almost everybody knows who Neil Gaiman is, even though they don't know why they know who he is. His name is kind of just out there, you know, for books and graphic novels and movies. and Everyone knows who Hitler is. (laughs) (laughs) He said everyone knows who Hitler is. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Everybody does know who Hitler is. But for good reasons, I mean. Um, I'm going to vote for Neil Gaiman because... uh, I feel bad every night when I watch uh, Once Upon a Time because it's not Neil Gaiman. <laughs> uh, vote for Neil Gaiman. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike. Which one takes the win? Uh, you know, uh, a few minutes ago, uh, I would have gone with Neil Gaiman for the reason you say. Uh, I ruined but I've been, I kind of got swayed. I mean, just when I really thought about, yeah, the body of work and especially, you know, this is best comic book creator uh, and Gaiman's st- best stuff. You know, you mentioned a novel, you mentioned the movies, you mentioned Coraline. It's like, those aren't comic books. Uh, he's, he did Sandman, which was phenomenal. Um, did not do a lot else, you know, book, books of magic. Uh, Black Orchid. Uh, he did some stuff for Marvel that was kind of underwhelming, to be honest with you. Uh, and uh, his best stuff was Sandman and then the novels. You know, he, he really is, you know, I hate to say it, much better at that. Um, and, you know, there are other people on this list who, who also write other things, and, uh, and, and some of them are better than they are uh, at comics. But as a comic book creator, especially, it's it's Roy Thomas. Um, you know, they both both of them changed the the face of comics in many ways. But Roy, I mean, Roy is to Stan what Picard is to Kirk. I mean, he's the inheritor. He ran the show. He took what Stan had built and then built on top of it and added so many things. I mean, you say Neil or Neil Gaiman brought vagina into comics, but Roy Thomas brought uh, fat young kids in the comics, and I was one of them. So uh, <laughs> I'm voting for Roy Thomas. Uh, vote for Roy Thomas, and Roy Thomas is moving on. We are on to our next fight. We are into artists now. Uh, people that you can, if you type in their name and uh, do a Google image search, you'll actually see pictures that they've drawn. Uh, Chuck, this one is yours. It is Steve Git- Ditko versus Will Eisner. Um, I'm going to go with Will Eisner. Uh, Ditko, uh, is great. He has kind of like some cool, um, 
artwork from the 50s and 60s with things like Question, um, you know, Doctor Strange. I think he worked on Spider-Man. Um, but uh, I got to go with Will Eisner just because of, um, I guess, the effect that he had on the, uh, the industry. You know, he really, um, you know, the spirit, he really emphasized kind of graphic novel type things, things that weren't just a couple of panels. Um, like uh, in a newspaper, you could have almost a mini comic book. I uh, really uh, changed the medium uh, of comics, so I'm going for Will Eisner. A vote for Will Eisner. You think he had something to do with Spider-Man. You think Steve Ditko <laughs> had something to do with Spider-Man. Hey, man, I can't use Wikipedia, man. <laughs> well, well, he's Spider-Man, goddammit. Uh, for those people that don't know, uh, the 1960s, late, the, the 60s, there was the Marvel style of writing which was Stan Lee comes up with a plot and then gives it to the artist. The artist pretty much fills in the rest, you know, how things go down, and then Stan Lee writes the dialogue. Uh, Steve Ditko is Spider-Man. He's the reason Spider-Man exists, because if Steve Ditko doesn't do what he does on Spider-Man, we don't have the Spider-Man movies, we don't have the cartoons, we don't have the toys, we don't have the video games, we don't have Spider-Man, goddammit. Uh, Eisner is great. He's all right. Uh, the Spirit movie was fantastic. No, it wasn't. Uh, I'm going to have to vote for Steve Ditko. Uh, Dominic? Uh, okay, let, let me ask this question. Is the 1960s uh, Spider-Man cartoon based on Steve Ditko art? Isn't that what that is? It's like no, that's from, uh, John Romita. John Romita. That's John Romita art. Okay. That's what I wanted to know. Um, this is like, because we're going comic books and you guys are making it all fuddy-duddy about, oh, it's a comic book and, you know, it can't be outside work. Well, the damn award for the high watermark for comic books is called the Eisner Award. So I'm going to give it to Will Eisner because he's all about comic books. I understand Steve Ditko had lots and lots of, um, you know, cachet when it comes to comic books and he did Spider-Man and I would just say that Spider-Man has never been and never will be one of my favorite characters. I don't know why. I like the idea of it, but I've just never been into reading it. I think I like the cartoon more than I like the comic book itself. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and vote for Will Eisner for the Eisner Awards, giving us the spirit, and um, there you go. Oh, for Eisner. Mike? Uh, I am going to... To vote for Steve Ditko, um, and yeah, the uh, the the Eisner is the name of of the best in comics, and and Will Eisner literally wrote the book on making comics. He wrote three books on it, the definitive books on comic book art. Um, and and in many ways, in most ways, he was a better artist, uh, and he had more imaginative storytelling. But, you know, for me, it really comes down to whose work do I love more. And I respect Eisner's work, and I see the craft in it. I see the art in it. But it doesn't move me the way that Ditko stuff does. I mean, I, especially Doctor Strange. I love that Amen. Um, that is one of the best, uh, best art in all of Silver Age uh, comics. Uh, and and it's it's incredibly imaginative. Everybody thought he was on LSD, but he's he's a hardcore conservative, and he was actually upset that people thought that. That all just came from pure fucking imagination. 
Um, and yeah, and this was not Stan said put, put floating bubbles there. It, Stan said he enters the dark dimension, fill three pages. And he filled those pages like nobody's business. Steve Ditko. A vote for Steve Ditko. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Kirsten. Which one takes the win? Um, wow. I'm a tiebreaker. This is exciting. Um, uh, Will Eisner was definitely a giant, as it's already been pointed out. The Eisner is named for him. And uh, I believe, didn't he even coin the, the term sequential art? That was like his uh, yeah. attempt to make comics. Yeah, the, okay, there you go. I mean, he, it, so much of what makes comics uh, regarded as art and, and the legitimacy of it has a lot to do with, the, with Eisner. And, you know, you look at his work, it's funny because you can actually zap, like, like uh, uh, Damon said before, you do a Google image search, you see his stuff and it, it doesn't have a dated look that some artists will have. Um, but having said that, um, Jack Kirby's collaboration with with uh, Lee on uh, Spider-Man, which would have been the Silver Spider, would have uh, resulted in a totally different um, character. And it's interesting that, uh, in many ways, the, f the, f the flagship, the real big, big giant uh, of uh, the 60s Marvel era is not the result of a Lee-Kirby collaboration which I don't think is any slam on uh, Kirby as much as it's uh, a testament to uh, Steve Ditko. Um, I love that zany art. And uh, Mike uh, cock blocked me on referencing Doctor Strange because that is some of the greatest stuff. And it's like, Christ, if they do a Doctor Strange movie, I hope to hell they crib like crazy from uh, Ditko in, in doing all that extra dimensional weirdness and I hope they make it a 3D movie and that would be one hell of a fucking movie to watch and uh, uh, yeah so you know for the iconic nature of Spider-Man the image the spindly um, gangly posed in, 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 in really weird style Spider-Man as well as uh, the sheer psychedelic nature of uh, Doctor Strange. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna throw it to Ditko. And Steve Ditko takes the win. We are on to our next fight. It is Neil Adams versus George Perez. I'm gonna make Julie mad, even though Julie never listens to this episode, listens to the show. I'm gonna vote for Neil Adams because when <laughs> Speedy was on Speed, he had Green Arrow. Beat the shit out of him. <laughs> it wasn't written that way in the count. It wasn't written that way in the script. But he said to uh, Denny O'Neill, if my son was on drugs, I'd beat the shit out of him. That's why he's drawn that way. Uh, so I've got to go with Neil Adams. Unless I got the story wrong. <laughs> Dominic? That, that is true, and that is a great story. Um, but... Um like, I don't even know the stories that George Perez drew, or... I just know George Perez is an awesome dude to meet, like, at a Comic-Con or whatever, and that his name was on a lot of crap that I spent my money on when I was growing up as a kid. And I can't put my finger on what it is. Was it, like, Teen Titans? And yeah, he did that in Crisis. Yeah, so, I mean, hello. I think Crisis was, like, the best thing ever for the longest time when it came to the epic crossover or the big-time event. And, 
I mean, yeah, George Perez did write that Superman issue that has a couple pages of writing, but um, as far as art concerned, it's just great stuff, man. That that is my childhood, and I will always vote for my childhood. So George Perez, uh, vote for Perez, Mike. Uh, Perez is was my first favorite artist. Uh, I, I followed him uh, back uh, when he was on. Uh, the Avengers and uh, the Fantastic Four, and uh, I've always loved his work. But uh, Neil Adams, I mean, he he's one of those guys that that changed comics. Um, he brought the a kind of photorealistic style that uh, that certainly you know a lot of people call it the, a Madison Avenue style, and also a lot of influence from from comic strips. Um, and you know, other people may have kind of dabbled in that, but he somehow made it all very real without having kind of the stiffness that you see in a lot of photorealistic stuff now. His stuff was is, is dynamic and forceful and, and kind of wild, twisted perspective as Kirby, yet, you know, as realistic as, as you know, Alex Ross. And, uh, and, you know, nobody really did that before. And, you know, ultimately... He, he was the first artist to kind of create a generation who was following his style uh, after Kirby. Um, you know, you don't get, you know, a- anyone from John Byrne to, to Brian Hitch uh, to Alex Ross without uh, Neil Adams. And, uh, and he drew, you know, Superman versus Muhammad Ali. And uh, <laughs> so, fuck yeah. It's, it's Neil Adams. Uh, vote for Neil Adams, Kirsten. Um, wow, this one is really, really tough for me because um, I grew up loving Perez, uh, his uh, time on Avengers, and um, yeah, as was stated, his, his that the DC crisis was just absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. But uh, there was. Uh, there was that late 70s run on Avengers that uh, is some of my favorite, favorite run on Avengers. And uh, I just love the imagery uh, coming out of that. And uh, I love his line work. I love um, uh, what Perez has done. The, the art for uh, Teen Titans, that was a revolutionary uh, time for Teen Titans on DC as well. Um, Adams was uh, definitely a giant, though, and yeah, uh, I think uh, I think you nailed it right on the head with the the dynamic quality of his photorealistic style. It was just absolutely uh, amazing stuff. Even as a kid who didn't like DC, I wasn't a big DC fan as a child. I remember being arrested by uh, Neil Adams imagery. So it's incredibly tough for me to make this choice. I, I think in the long run, I am going to go with Perez, but it's a tough one that I don't like making. Uh, vote for George Perez. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Chuck. Which one takes the win? Yeah, I, I was going to just flat out vote for Perez, but Mike made a very good case um, for Neil Adams. I mean, um, you know, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Brave and the Bold, um, style of artwork. Um, I do have a lot of sentimental, you know, uh, things connected to Perez, like everyone mentioned earlier, reading him when I was younger, I thought Crisis was really awesome. 
Um, you know, he had to literally draw every single character that ever appeared in DC Comics. And I actually did meet him at the New York Comic Con and pretty much walked into an area where I wasn't supposed to be and got him to sign comic books. And he was really nice about it instead of, you know, yelling at me. But I'm going with Neil Adams. Uh, Mike, you, you convinced me. Uh, um, you know, just more groundbreaking art, uh, artistic-wise, I believe. So. I'll vote for Neil Adams. And Neil Adams is moving on. We are on to our next fight, which probably will be a slaughter fest. Dominic, this one is yours. It is Mark Bagley versus Bill Sienkiewicz. <laughs> okay. Um... Uh, the bear issue of uh, newbie Bill Sienkiewicz. There you go. I'll be short and sweet. Bill Sienkiewicz. Mike? Yeah, I mean, Bill Sienkiewicz was the first time I really saw a comic book artist as a real artist. Uh, Bagley is great. I love his, I've loved his work really since, uh, since Thunderbolts. I was not, wasn't really reading Spider-Man when he was doing that. But, uh, you know, again, Bill Sikavich is one of those guys that changed uh, the face of comics. Um, he started off as a Neil Adams clone and turned into something much, much more. Another vote for Sienkiewicz. Yeah, I can actually pronounce that. I don't know why. Uh, Kirsten? Yeah, I, uh, I remember working as a uh, uh, comics retailer in uh, Chicago and kids coming in asking about this Bill Sienkiewicz. <laughs> um, guy and um, it, it Sinkevich was just man what the I uh, I love his stuff I, you know much uh, for a lot of the reason like uh, like I love Ditko you know it, um, it just the his own personal style you know it really it really is his um, it's uh, funny uh, the the comment about you know starting out as a Neil Adams clone and discovering his own thing, and I would I definitely would um, would agree with that. Uh, so uh, I will go with Sinkevich. Another vote for Sinkevich, Chuck. Yeah, uh, words right out of my mouth, Sinkevich. Another vote for Mister Sinkevich. I will be voting for Mark Bagley because. He, along with Brian Michael Bendis, who also went out in the first round, uh, they are the longest-running duo tandem uh, with Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, longest-running team. Longest-running team in comic book history. Uh, how many issues? A hundred? I know they wrote a lot. Uh, it was like, I mean, Kirby and, and, and Lee were 103. I think it was like 115, 116, something like that. Yeah, so they, they did a hundred and some issues together. Uh that doesn't happen very often in comic books where a writer and an artist work together for that long period of time without killing each other. So uh, I'm going to give a vote to Mark Bagley for that. But Bill Sienkiewicz is moving on, and we are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is John Buscema versus G.H. Williams. J.H. Williams. This, uh, this is really tough. Um... Buscema certainly has got the uh, the volume of work. Uh, Williams is a better a better artist, a better illustrator, and in court can incorporate so many more styles. But John Buscema wrote How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way, or drew 
with Stan Lee writing How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way, which was the first uh, comic book uh, art book that I ever owned. And, uh, and really, it kind of formed the, a generation of comic book fans and, and artists. And uh, you know, going back to the he literally wrote the book on it, well, he, he literally drew it, I guess. So, John Buscema. I'll vote for Buscema. Uh, Kirsten? Uh, Buscema was, uh, was my uh, submission. Um, um, Williams is uh, definitely... Uh, uh, it's kind of weird, because I kind of agree. Um, you know, Williams is, uh, I don't know, the better artist, but uh, Buscema was such a craftsman. He... He um uh, he grew out of Kirby too, you know. He was of the Kirby tradition, but he definitely had his own style. You can recognize John Buscema versus uh, you know any any other artist, uh, and um, uh, his work on Conan, his run with Thomas on the Avengers, some of my favorite Avengers stuff. He, he and that was another thing about him that's great is he could do anything. I mean. He did great uh, Silver Surfer, and uh, uh, his you know rendition of Vision is my favorite of one of my favorite characters. Uh, but he also was just popular at Marvel doing um, cowboys, westerns, other stuff, uh, crime, whatever the heck they needed him to do. That was one of the things I really respect about him. Uh, I even uh, remember reading somewhere Stan Lee commenting that Buscema really didn't even like doing superheroes. He, uh, he loved doing Conan, you know, that was the type of uh, character he really enjoyed doing. But he is just, his, he is phenomenal. Um, you know, I think uh, he takes uh, uh, the Kirby era to the next level. And in some ways, I would even say that he out-Adams uh, Adams in terms of the, the dynamic nature of a picture. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with Big John. I'll vote for Johnny Boy. Chuck. Yeah, I'm going with Buscema too. Uh, just, um, just a huge force of Marvel Comics in the '60s and '70s. A lot of big titles, uh, great art. I will say that J.H. Williams um, technically, is, you know, maybe does some more impressive-looking art, but it's because of someone like Buscema, um, who kind of like laid the groundwork for decent art in comics. Um, that I mean, let's face it. Nowadays, modern comics. They're able to have better printing and other things. They can print better art just flat out. Um, Usema was uh, just a towering figure, very influential. I'm, I'm going with him just for that reason. Another vote for Busema. I'm going to be voting for uh, Busema too, but uh, for, for a slightly different reason. Not that uh, JH is, is bad at all. He's not. Or she. I don't know what it is. Uh, not that they're bad. They're, 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 they're actually excellent, but they, they, they have time to do it. <laughs> um, mm, yeah, very good point. This is one of those things where those early artists were, were just banging out shit su at such a quick pace that it's actually amazing that you can understand anything they've done with their artwork. And they mm -hmm. tell stories with their artwork. You can read a comic book without reading the words and know what's going on. That, that's storytelling. And lots of people can do it and some people can't. And and J.H. is amazing at it. He's very good at storytelling. He's just a little slow. 
I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he would work in the seventies. I, I, I just don't think he, he's fast enough to do that. So I, I, I'm going to go with uh, Busema, and for the lone vote for JH, Dominic. Because the crack smoke is thick in the room, I'm just going to say it. Like, are like we're talking about artists, so we're not even we're talking about comics with art. So you guys are like living in the bygone era, and I understand there's a, John Buscema did some great art, and that was then. And JH Williams, this is now. So so comic creators everywhere, DC Comics, Marvel Comics, you want to you want to know why people aren't buying comics anymore? It's because of what's happened right here. Everybody chose the past over the present. Like, all the art is better now, and it looks more like art. Like, I bet you in 10 years we'll be talking about how J.H. Williams changed the way people make pages of comic book art, like, and tell stories on one page. Like, the stuff that he's doing in Batwoman and the stuff that he did uh, uh, in Detective and Batman and Batman Inc. and whatever else that he did. I'm just looking at the page. Like, I, I'm at home now, so I'm doing the Google search on John Buscema and the page of art that comes up, and then I look at the page of art that comes up when I do J.H. Williams, and I, my mouth is still open looking at the art from J.H. Williams. So I, I'm going to vote for J.H. Williams and go out. I'm getting blasted in this whole freaking game so far, so I'll take it. <laughs> take it like a champ. Uh, exactly. John, John Buscema is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Kirsten, this one is yours. It is Jim Lee versus John Romita. Wow, um, John Romita. It's a uh, uh, another another seventies classic. There was uh, um, the that time on um, Spider Man, and uh, he really transformed Spider Man from the Ditko image to an image that uh, some people are more familiar with, including as we mentioned before the. Uh, the original cartoon, which is more Ramita's uh, vision of Spider-Man. Um, um, it's kind of tough um, because uh, Jim Lee, I was never a huge fan of the whole image um, wave as some were. And uh, Lee, Lee was one of the ones that I had a little hard time getting used to. But I actually have uh, his latest, his later stuff, in the, in, especially in the last few years actually i really come to enjoy what he does and and like his like his work and ramita um well hell if anything you, you i don't know give uh give him or and i do have that right right we're talking about john ramita senior or junior senior okay good because we all i mean that one thing right there is you could give uh john ramita props for you know Given uh, fathering John Romita Jr., who's uh, another current favorite artist of mine. So, um, God, I don't know. You had to choose me first. Fuck. Um, I will. I'll. Um, I'll piss people off by continuing to be nostalgic. John Romita. Oh, vote for John Romita, Chuck. Yeah, I'm going for John Romita too. Uh, I like Jim Lee, um, and he was associated with a lot of great runs, like the '90s X-Men, um, you know, the whole Batman Hush run, and other you know famous stuff. Um, but personally, I don't really think Jim Lee's artwork is very. Um, I think it's just kind of just your 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 usual good comic artwork. Sometimes there's some cool stuff, but 
um i don't know i feel like he kind of blends in with a lot of other artists of uh, of the 90s and and uh, everything i'm sure other people would disagree with me but uh john ramita again same thing nostalgia factor ground floor um more influential in my opinion so ramita oh vote for john ramita um let's see i don't remember the issue number it's uncanny x-men it is uh magneto in the savage land with rogue and Rogue isn't wearing any clothing, and I popped a boner. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know for John Romita. Uh, I'm sorry, he, his artwork is lovely, but uh, Jim Lee knows how I to draw. Know, that first Mary Jane Watson, uh, that, no. uh, that might have done it if you were a kid back then. May- maybe, but Jim Lee, it, the, the artwork that Jim Lee did, I'm getting nostalgic <laughs> right now, because Jim Lee is what I was reading when I was a kid. That, that's 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 my artist. That's the guy I was like, it, Jim Lee did it? Okay, I don't even care who wrote it. I didn't care who wrote it. As long as Jim Lee was doing the art, I didn't care who wrote it. I now care today, but back then, Jim Lee was the fucking shit to me, and there's no way I can vote against Jim Lee. And and, and he, has, he has gotten better through time. Like the stuff he did with Hush. The mm-hmm. way he draws Superman, the way he draws Batman. Like, there, there's... So, they, they, I, I love his artwork. I can't vote against him. Yep. Plus, he's a really nice guy. So, all star Batman. Yeah, seriously, Jim Lee. Uh, Dominic. I, I, I would, I would be lying to everybody if I tried to like go. Oh, John Romita. Well, John Romita is awesome. I'm not gonna lie. And you know, John Romita sperm. John Romita Jr. is awesome too. But um, Jim Lee. Seems like Jim Lee's been awesome forever. Like I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't even remember half the stuff that Jim Lee did, and and I know I own it. Like you know, like remember that X Men number one that everybody had like ten copies of because they had different versions of it in the nineties or whatever. You still bought those because they looked awesome. Like like it didn't matter that you know they were stealing money out of our pockets at the time, but you know everything that Jim Lee does kind of grabs your attention and makes you just want to like oh. I, I want to read that, like the X-Men run, the image stuff. I mean, yeah, image stuff is flawed now, looking at it back, like, you know, looking back through time. But at the time, it was like, man, this looks awesome by it. And as much as I love John Romita art and think that John Romita Sr. is a great individual and his art is iconic, uh, Jim Lee is my generation, and I can't vote against somebody that I've spent so much money on. It would just be lying to myself. <laughs> Jim Lee. A vote for Jim Lee. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike. Which one takes Mike, the win? Mike, you ruined everything. Come on, Mike. You know, uh, John Romita Jr. followed Jack Kirby on the Fantastic Four. He also followed Steve Ditko on Spider-Man. You mean John Romita Sr.? Steve Sr. Yeah, uh, and and those those were the iconic, definitive runs, and he followed them both up. Uh, you know that was if if you have lost the biggest name in the world, that's who you go to is John Romita, and you know in the Fantastic Four he certainly you know carried the book uh, very very well. Um, and in Spider-Man's case, took it up a notch 
and I think the Ramita Spider-Man is visually much more definitively Spider-Man than Ditko's. Um, the bulkier, the lighter costume, the shape of the eyes, the way the webs are drawn, and really the face of Marvel Comics for a long time. But I am going to vote for Jim Lee. Um, his, his work really just, just got me. I mean, he, he's the one that, you know, we talked about Chris Claremont's run. Jim Lee's art was so powerful, he got Chris Claremont kicked off that book. Uh, the speculator boom of, of the 90s, you know, you talked about that, that uh, X-Men book that everybody bought a million copies of. That was built on Jim Lee. Uh, you know, when he came on X-Men, that's when people just went, holy shit, and went and grabbed up that book and then, mm-hmm. then started looking for other books, other hot artists to, to jump onto. And I remember when I, I mean, I had hadn't bought X-Men in years and when I saw that cover that had Wolverine, Captain America and Black Widow and I just like, holy shit, who is this? And I opened up, it was actually at the Comics Cafe in Ferndale at the original location and flipped through that art and I hadn't read X-Men in years. I didn't know what the story was. I didn't care. I just had to buy that and I have bought everything since. Um, He is... One of, I think, one of the best artists of, of of all time, and I think he does not get the the respect he deserves because so many people just hold the whole '90s thing against everybody associated with Image, and certainly he he may have have had a lot to do with that, uh, and and you know maybe he's partially responsible for the decline of comics, but he is completely responsible for some of the best fucking comic book art ever printed. And Jim Lee, rightfully so, is moving on. We are on to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. Uh, uh, sorry, Dominic. It is John Byrne versus Wendy Peeney from, uh, she did ElfQuest. Okay. Um, I'm going for John Byrne. Okay. I've read comic books almost continuously for about two decades, and I have no idea who the fuck Wendy Peeney is. <laughs> John Byrne. Oh, John Byrne. That was, that was, that was hurtful. Uh, I, I also have no idea who Wendy uh, uh, Penny is, but I do know who John Byrne is. I'm going to be voting for Wendy Penny because fuck John <laughs> Byrne. Fuck John Byrne. I can't stand that man. Uh, and not because of what he says. I just never liked his writing or artwork. I just never cared for it. I'm sorry. That's just why I am. Too. No, politics have nothing to do with it. <laughs> Oddly enough, uh, Dominic. Uh, okay, so my love, my love letter to Wendy Penny is, um, you know, you talked about a boner with John Romita, and I'm pretty sure that I was reading ElfQuest when I was supposed to. Like I was reading ElfQuest at like six or seven or eight years old, and you know the characters, the elves in this book, are having sex and having kids, and you know they're like wild elves that live in the forest and are live away from humans and they do wild things and the girls barely wear clothes and it's it's independent comics at its best in the 70s and uh, I think it started in like 78 or something and it was you know I don't know I bought it in black and white I bought it in color I bought graphic novels of it I, I don't know it's just it's that part of my life the childhood that made me go buy X-Men in the first place like I was into independent comics in the 70s or early 80s and that's what I was reading and we'd go onto the freaking playground and 
pretend we had freaking bows and arrows and knives, and we were the freaking characters from Elf Class because I would bring that crap to school, and we would do it on the playground. So, you know, Wendy Penny holds a special place in my heart. I knew she was going to get destroyed in, in the battle of the, you know, best artists. But uh, if you look at that art, it is some great, great art and deserves to be recognized. There you An- go. Another vote for Wendy Penny. Uh, Mike? Uh, yeah, it's going to be John Byrne. Uh, Wendy Penny uh, did ElfQuest. Uh, the fact that you had to mention what she did uh, kind of points to its, its, or her accomplishments. Uh, whereas John Byrne has done definitive runs on Fantastic Four, uh, X-Men, Superman, uh, Captain America, uh, Alpha Flight, Avengers, um, and I still think he's he's fucking awesome. His Star Trek books are great. This Cold War book he's doing now is really good. Uh, so again, like like Frank Miller, maybe he's crazy. I don't know. I don't care. But the stuff he puts down on paper is is better than than anybody's. And, and you know, just talking about this finish run, he his run on Fantastic Four is better than Stanley and Jack Kirby. A vote for John Byrne. Here's some words you'd never thought you'd hear, Dominic. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Kirsten. Which one takes the win? Holy crap. You know, this one, this is weird because I, uh, I remember ElfQuest from back when, too. I actually uh, was buying the uh, collected ones. My, uh, my fellow comic retailer friends were making fun of me because I used to buy, buy the ElfQuest. And those were, those were some cool comics. Uh, Doing a search right now for Wendy Penny to see what else was up. I've discovered she apparently back in the day did a shitload of Red Sonya cosplay. There were like, yeah. like, like a dozen <laughs> pictures of Wendy Penny as, uh, as uh, the, the iconic Red Sonya with the scale um, bikini armor and everything. And even uh, a picture of her on the Mike Douglas show, um, a, a talk show from the bygone era. That's and that's definitely points for her, but um, Burn, man, Burn, uh, you know his run on uh, X Men when uh, he was inked by Terry Austin was some of the most bl- beautiful, liquid, fluid art in comics. It's just absolutely amazing stuff. And uh, uh, I know he's not on the writers list, but as a as a writer artist, he really was. Uh, he really was standout and amazing. Um, my favorite Bernard actually is once again to go back to Avengers is when he was inked by Dan Green, and that was definitely some of the best uh, best comic art out there and ever in my opinion. And truly, truly amazing stuff. And uh, so. I will, I mean, given the, the Red Sonja cosplay, I'm reluctantly, actually, surprisingly reluctantly going with John Byrne. Burn. Uh, <laughs> was that Burn or a Burn? Burn. Uh, uh, no, no, I, I was asking Chuck if he meant Burn or Burn. <laughs> burn. I'll, I'll leave it up to the audience. Okay. <laughs> it was a Burn Burn. It was a Burn Burn. <laughs> John Byrne takes the win. Uh, we are on to our next fight. Uh, Damon, this one is yours. It is Jack Kirby versus Jim Stelenko. <sighs> this is this is an excellent, lovely, hard fight. Luckily, I I really I I don't like Jack Kirby. I I don't really care about Jim Stelenko, even though I know that they are 
iconic artist, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mike, which one uh, inked themselves? Did Stranko ink himself? Oh, I'm sure there were times he did. I know Kirby never did, correct? Uh, at least very rarely. Very rarely. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Steranko just for the ink. Because we, we, we forgot all about inkers like Terry Austin, which made some of these people into being some of the greatest artists of all time. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to go with Jim Steranko. Uh, Dominic. Oh, man, I barely got the page up. <laughs> Which means I have no freaking clue what Jim Steranko drew. So I'm looking, like, really fast to try to figure out, figure out a reason to vote for him against Kirby. And, and sorry, I'm pretty... There's a lot of cool stuff here, but I don't know. I hated Kirby when I was a kid. I'm, I'm like you, Damon. I, was, I don't see it. I don't get it. But in my old age, I have... I have become an admirer of what he has created. It's like, it's like nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia, but he did it and he wasn't trying to be nostalgic at the time. I don't know. There's something about that work that is just, ooh, wow, that's pretty cool. I don't know. I do like Serenko, though. This is hard. So, physical fight. Oh, it's people. Kirby. Yeah. Kirby, yeah. Uh, Kirby is the... A World War II vet. Yeah, but Serenko has a picture of Mr. T that he drew. Uh, <laughs> 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 and when you look up Kirby on, on Google search, all you see is a bunch of pictures of a pink freaking cotton ball. Um, I'm going to go with Kirby because Kirby affected a lot of crap, and I, I still feel like at the end of the day, every time you say Stanley, if Stanley moves forward, Jack Kirby moves forward. There you go. Uh, a uh, vote for Jack Kirby, uh, Mike. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I actually, I think you nailed it. If Stanley moves forward, Jack Kirby moves forward. Because you know, I would love a Stanley versus Jack Kirby at the end. You asshole! <laughs> so, so early, uh, Kirsten. Um, Starenko's Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. Of all the friggin' yeah. there's you yeah. think. That is some psychedelic stuff. It's just, I mean, the man is practically out Ditkoing Ditko. It's just amazing. Um, I, you know, it, what the hell do you say to that? It's, it's, I don't know, but it, it really is unfair to this poor guy because it's Jack King Kirby. Kirby, that's, Kirby is that's the king. what you say. You say Jack Kirby. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, and yeah, I mean, you take it down to the physical fight. I mean, uh, a lot of people say that uh, Ben Grimm was based, you know, was Kirby's uh, self-reference in there, and uh, he wow. was definitely a, a street tough from the from this from the city. And uh, Starak was I mean, a little guy. I don't know if you ever yeah, seen yeah. him. He's tiny. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, it's funny. I, the the Google image is not turning up pictures of Starango at all. Um, but damn, that Nick Fury was some awesome stuff. Uh, but you know, it's Kirby. Kirby's king. Kirby. Kirby changed everything. I. I. I don't get into the who did it, Lee or Kirby fight, but I do love the story that you know Kirby's version was that Lee was sitting in the Marvel offices, the timely offices, crying because it's about to go down. They can't stay open. They're just losing it. And Kirby's like, "Hey, man, don't cool, chill out. I got a whole bunch of ideas. We'll totally turn things around. People will love it." And you know the Fantastic Four and X Men and 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 everything else, Iron Man, everything else just followed. So 
Um, regardless of, of however it went, Kirby's king. And uh, yeah, if, if I, I think uh, I think Ellis is going to be the only person who can compare to Kirby in terms of the physical fight if we go that round. So it's Kirby. Uh, vote for Jack Kirby and Chuck. Um, yeah, it's hard to uh, to choose. I actually put Jim Steranko on the list. Uh, I really like him, and the Nick Fury stuff, as mentioned, is is fantastic. And uh, you made a good point about um, you know the inking stuff. But uh, just remind me, Damon, what do you call it when someone draws something and then you draw something like right on top of it? Not kidding. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Jack Kirby, I, I got to go for it. You can't. Can't touch him, you know. And not only is Jack Kirby one of the best, no matter what you may say. Uh, if you actually look online, um, Jack Kirby actually used his artwork to make it look like he was working on a movie to smuggle a friend of his who was a political prisoner out of Iran. So not only was Jack Kirby an amazing artist of superheroes, he was also an actual superhero. Kirby, they're making a movie about that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so. I'd heard about that. A vote for Jack Kirby. Uh, you goddamn Tracer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are the last fight of the first round. It is another unknown. It's Jared's pick. It is Darwin Cook versus Sergio Argones. Dominic, that is yours. Uh, the nicest guy in comics versus uh, the coolest comic artist ever. Um, I don't know if he's the coolest comic artist ever, but I think that he draws the coolest. I think that if every comic and every cartoon about a superhero looked like Darwin Cook's art, I would be happy for the rest of my life. I love Darwin Cook. I, I actively seek out Darwin Cook work because um, I, I'm so drawn in by that. I That's the only... Is it, not, is it an omnibus or what is that called? The DC one. The, fat, the new, new Frontier... Yeah, the absolute new frontier. I, that's the only one I own because, and I, I got it for the Christmas that it came out because um, I just love that man's work. I mean, I, I have pretty much everything he's done since uh, New Frontier came out, and uh, a couple things from before that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm all. I, I understand Sergio Aragonés does some of the best and most fun comics ever, and he is great with kids, man. I, I took kids to see him at, at a WonderCon, um, and they had a blast. At the end of the day, it's about the art, and um, for me, it's uh, Darwin Cook. Uh, vote for Darwin Cook. Mike? Uh, I agree with everything you say about Darwin Cook, and I certainly enjoy his work more, and that, that absolute new frontier is... Uh, one of the best things ever, and and I think the Parker stuff he's doing now is phenomenal. But uh, Cook's work, the reason that that I think he does so many retro things, uh, is because he's that that is his style. I mean, is evoking a, a bygone era and and evoking the work from that era. But that means it is still basically derivative of, even if it's an expansion on. Uh, something else, something from the past. Whereas Aragonas's work is completely one hundred percent Sergio. Uh, and you know the best example of this is is a joke that was told by a comedian at C two E two when we went last year. We recorded a show, 
and uh, he said that uh, this was something he overheard uh, at Comic-Con is somebody saw a guy dressed as the Flash, but he was really fat. And someone said, yeah, I guess that's the Flash as drawn by Sergio Aragones. <laughs> and everybody there laughed. The only room in the world where that, that, that joke would have worked, but everybody got it because everybody knows Sergio Aragones' drawings. And is that, was that a Darwin Cook or is that, you know, a 60s poster because they kind of look the same, but nothing looks like Sergio Aragones' stuff except Sergio Aragones' stuff. A vote for Sergio. Kirsten. Um, you know, I, 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 I love Gru. I, uh, I, I think he, Aragones' art is, is definitely uh, iconic. Um, but I have to say, I really do dig on what Cook is doing, and uh, I, I do love that that style. I love the the evocation of that style. It really does uh, get to me. So I'm going Cook. A vote for Darwin Cook, Chuck. Now, uh, Sergio Aragonis, did he do the Mad Magazine stuff? Uh, yes. He's yeah. Done okay. Hundreds. Yeah, I'm voting hundreds. Yeah, I know exactly. Okay, it took me a second to. Uh, like, uh, I remember him drawing all these cool little things, like, in the margins and stuff. Yeah. And magazine. Um, yeah. Really great. Um, I will say, though, I do really like Darwin Cook. Um, I do think you have a good point, Mike, about how his stuff is sort of derivative of what has, have, has existed before. But, you know, that exists everywhere in comics. He takes kind of like a Silver Age aesthetic. And uh, but and you know, you know like a more complex modern style story to it, which I really like. And New Frontier is great, so I do want to you know give some love to Darwin Cook. But um, yeah, Sergio Aragonis is just kind of like a classic cartoon. Even his like a style is cartoonish. Um, I got to go with him. A vote for Sergio Aragonis. It is all Sergio, tied up. Sergio, Sergio Aragonis art is derivative of fat people. There you go. <laughs> It is all tied up and it comes <laughs> down to me. Some big feet. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to pull out something that we really haven't pulled out very often in this fight, which is body of work. Uh, Sergio Argonis has been doing this for 50 years. Darwin Cook has been doing it for what, 10, 20? Like almost nothing, insignificant. And the simple fact of the matter is everybody that's listening to this podcast right now has seen it, Sergio Argonis' work. Even if you don't know that you've seen it, you have seen it. It's in Mad Magazine. It's in it, it's in it's on the Mad TV show because it was it was on the because uh, they had the marginals in the TV show for a little while. They would be out there. I think he did the uh, oh god damn it! What was the Dick Clark and uh, Ed McMahon show? He did the art on that. Yeah, I don't remember like, what that was called either. I can't remember <clears throat> what, the, what the hell. Like his art is everywhere. As a matter of fact. Fallops, next, bloops, and blunders. Thank you very much. TV's fallops, bloops, and blunders. Next week, or what will be last Wednesday for you people in the future, there is a Batman black and white statue done by Sergio Argonis that comes out on January 25th. Like, they didn't do that for Darwin Cook, did they? They didn't do a Batman black and white statue I for him? That, oh, shit. Well, actually, no, I'm not. Because why the fuck is Sergio Argonis getting a statue for Batman Black and White? Because he's Sergio Argonis. 
You don't associate him at all with Batman, do you? No, you don't. You can't. It's not about, it's First not about me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and his body of work is gigantic. Gigantic. He's also one of the fastest artists around. He, I, I actually have a sketch of Gru on a paper plate that he did for me. He did it in three. Because th- he's throwing fat people with fat noses and fat feet. It doesn't make much work. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I love him. And Sergio Gomez is going to get slaughtered by Jack Kirby in the next round. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. Let's, okay. We'll be back right after this. Greetings, true believers. I'm Stan Lee, co-author of How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way, and creator of Spider-Man, The Incredible Hulk, and a whole caboodle of other comic book characters that my legendary modesty prevents me from mentioning. Now, I'll be your host and guide as we journey together along the rambunctious road to comic book artistry, which is to say it looks like we're stuck with each other for the next little while. Now then, let's start with the basics. And what can be more basic than having an artist teach us how to draw? Certainly better than a plumber. And what artist can be better suited to this titanic task than my co-author and good buddy, none other than John Buscema? Thanks, Dad. Now let's draw comics. The Marvel Way. We're back uh, doing what we do every week, coming at you with a little geek cred. Uh, gonna go right to you, Dominic. Dominic, what is your geek cred, sir? Um, like my my son is five years old and learning to read, and I'm pretty sure that at six years old or seven years old, I was reading comic books, and so that is my geek cred when it comes to comic books. Thank you very much, uh, Kirsten. What is your geek cred? Uh, my mom went into labor with me reading an Avengers comic. Oh, so that kind of puts me over the top for comic geek anyway. And th- th- there's a second comic fact about you that actually puts you over the top there. Oh, one, of, what? one of your friends. Oh, well, the fact that, yeah, um, I actually, I worked, as I mentioned before, I worked as a retailer in, um, in Chicago, uh, on the Chicago Loop, actually. Uh, it's now called Graham Cracker Comics, uh, but back when it was under different ownership, it was a comics relief. We were uh, right off of uh, Madison and Wabash on the Loop, close to the Art Institute. And so even though he wasn't a regular uh, customer there, Alex Ross, when he was just a student, at the art institute was uh would often stop by and uh one of the other guys working there steve darnall who wrote the uncle sam comic that uh, alex uh alex uh, painted he uh, they were friends and we all got to know each other and uh um i was a friend of alex i actually have a portrait of myself as guy gardner courtesy of alex so we haven't spoken in some time but uh yeah i knew him back I knew him back in the day. I remember him showing me his uh, Marvel's um, pitch pictures 
when he was going to pitch for uh, the whole concept that eventually changed a huge amount of the attitude of people towards comics. Uh, now, Chuck, try and follow that. Uh, okay, well, my key credit is that I'm up past midnight talking with a bunch of dudes about comic book writers <laughs> and artists instead of colleagues. <laughs> Well, that's that pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's the easiest way to follow that. And let's jump right back into the fights. Mike, this one is yours. We're back to writers. It is Grant Morrison versus Stan Lee. Uh, you know, there are some fights where I wish that I was like second to last. Because then if you don't want to have to actually choose, you could just throw it to the tie and let someone else take the blame. And I wish this was one of those fights because going first is, is rough here. Uh, I, you know, it, this really boils down to the, my childhood and nostalgia plus overall influence versus the real quality of the writing and personal preference. Uh, and even though Stan is, uh, has done more, I mean, question, you know, how much he was his and as other people who knows uh but just overall all things considered just not not only as as writer but editor and publisher and public face of marvel comics and 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 all comics i mean he he was comic books forever uh you know every fucking marvel movies all over tv shows you know he himself has become uh be, become the thing has become the creation uh but i love morrison's work more and morrison has also kind of create, turned himself into his own his own character and you know morrison's character is a is a crazy terrorist uh drug addled rock star and, and stan lee's is you know was kind of a cool hip dude who's who's now just borders on being a doddering old man uh and 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 I think that the the style of writing is the same same sort of thing. I mean, Stan's really was was not. I mean, he had he had kind of wild, cool, hip dialogue. But uh, you know, Grant Morrison just writes the most crazy out there stuff, and, and I love it. And the the Invisibles may be my all time favorite comic book, and uh, and that's entirely because of Grant Morrison. So a vote for Grant Morrison, I hope. Uh, Kirsten. Um. <laughs> ah, yeah. What do you? Uh, wow. Where do you go? Where do you go from there? Um. Um. I don't know, man. Um. Lee. Lee laid. His his impact was so profound, but um. I guess it's time to start talking about you know who's making an impact now and who will be making an impact further in the future. And uh, those are some pretty good points about Morrison. So uh, Lee is definitely, you know, a set of shoulders that everyone is standing on. But uh, Morrison, um, <clears throat> I, you know, takes it to, uh, to another level and is, uh, is, uh, is it, I think also, uh, some, uh, I, I forget who, who said it earlier, um, uh, but, uh, you know, reading whose comics now that they're putting out now. And I would, uh, I would, 
I'd, I'd grab a Morrison before I'd grab something Lee wrote now. Um, so I will uh, vote for Morrison. I'll vote for Grant Morrison. Chuck? Um, I mean, I got to hand it to Grant Morrison. He's proven that you can be a successful businessman and a heroin addict at the same time. But um, I'm going to go with Stan Lee um, just because he's an iconic figure. And if I vote for Grant Morrison, he's going to be bumped out. I want other people to have a say. Um, and I, the thing with Grant Morrison is I either really like him or he just really pisses me off because sometimes he's like, I'm Grant Morrison. I don't need panels telling you the location of what, where this is taking place, what time frame is happening. I'm just going to jump all over the place. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. And I'm going to do Batman RIP where you would have read decades and decades of 1950s Batman things to understand what weird multicolored Batman flew out of whatever, man, Grant Morrison. He's creative, innovative, some of the stuff like the X-Men, other things he's done, I really love. Other times, I don't know what the hell I'm going to get from the guy. Stan Lee, um, I don't want him to get bumped off the list yet, and um, he deserves a chance to move on. I'll vote for Stan Lee. You know, uh, two years ago, I would have voted for Grant Morrison, hands down. Uh, easily. I, it, just the Justice League run alone. I love his Justice League. Fuck it. Fuck it. Just uh, the, the, the hardcover Earth 2 alone gets, gets Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison gets a win for me. But recently, from I think it was Boom Studios, uh, Stan Lee became an idea man again and came up with a few ideas for a few characters from Boom Studios for a limited run. And I read every last one of them, and they were really good. I enjoyed them. They were, they were actually really, I was like, oh. That's what Stanley used to do. He used to come up with an idea, give it to other people, and other people made it great. And and I, I now understand why Stanley is a great art, a great writer. So uh, he's an idea man. He came up with a, a, a shit ton of them. So I'm gonna vote for Stan the Manly. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Dominic. Which one takes the win? I appreciate that you gave me the opportunity to uh, destroy anything that Mike said. I can't remember what Mike said, so I might actually be voting with him. Um, but I will say that Stanley is awesome, and Stanley is great, and Stanley is the idea man that built Marvel Comics, uh, or at least that's the story that we've been told. Um, but, like, everybody hates Frank Morrison work, and then, like, five years later, he's using Grant Morrison work. Uh, I remember when I was buying that X-Men run and everybody was hating on it, including the people at Marvel, where they disavowed it. Remember, like, after he left, they, they wiped the slate clean and started the X-Men over again without any of that crap in it. And, you know, five, six years later, like, uh, the Beast is, a, is an animal or the cat, and uh, Emma Frost is now, like, in movies and stuff. Like, she was always part of the X-Men or whatever. And um, All-Star Superman is probably the best Superman story ever told. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like like Grant Morrison, before my eyes, is doing exactly what everybody says Stanley did back in the day. Like, he's creating new ideas. And, you know, I, I just I feel like he's an idea man now. And so I'm going to go with Grant Morrison and vote for now because screw Steve. Screw uh, Stan Lee versus uh, Jack Kirby. <laughs> that does mess up what Mike wanted. 
and Grant Morrison is moving on. Then why did I vote for Grant Morrison? I don't know. <laughs> He's always changing. He's always changing. Huh? Grant Morrison. No, no, it's fine. If he if he changed his vote, it still stays Grant Morrison because I forgot about what he's doing right now in Action Comics and uh, Super All Star Superman. That shit is the bomb. So I would switch well, if well, I switched. Yeah, well, don't forget. Also, Grant Morrison wrote the Adventures of Adolf Hitler, and Mike has always voted pro Nazi on this, uh, this panel here. <laughs> <laughs> I thanks for bringing that up. Stan Lee wrote a lot of Nazis. Well, yeah, but he's Jewish. Oh, see? Leibowitz. Mm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> on to our next fight. Kirsten is with... What? Lieber, not Leibowitz. <laughs> oh, I yeah, thought it was Leibowitz. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, on to our <laughs> next fight. Kirsten, this one is yours. It is Chris Claremont versus Alan Moore. Ah, <sighs> uh, uh, Alan Moore. You know, um, Claremont, uh, we, 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 we've been over Claremont, but Moore... He he's he hasn't just done his iconic stuff. He actually has been all over the place, and uh, you know, um, along with uh, with his artist, whose name I'm I'm uh, vapor locking on. He actually is relevant today with the whole Occupy movement, adopting the V from Vendetta um, mask, and uh, he's a he's a wacky anarchist. He's a uh, a practicing magician who worships at the feet of the serpent god Glaucus. He's uh, just uh, just plain crazy, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, um, I gotta vote with that at some point. So this will be my more is crazy and needs to move on vote. More. A vote for Alan Moore, Chuck. Yeah, I want more and more. I mean, Alan Moore looks like a living Chuck Close painting. He's like this bizarre, <laughs> weird looking dude. Um, and, uh, just everything about him is great. Like, uh, um, I don't know, he's just such a unique individual and the fact that he exists is awesome. So Alan Moore. Another vote for Alan Moore. Um, sorry about your childhood, Dominic. Uh, killing joke. Alan Moore. <laughs> Go ahead, Dominic. Uh, uh, I don't even remember who the fight is. Who is it? Alan Moore versus who? Chris Claremont. Because you know why I don't remember? Because he didn't get any votes yet. That's, that's why. Um, I'm going to go... I don't know. What would I read right now? Like, if I were going to go read... Would I go read old X-Men comics? Or would I go read... I want to still read The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is that new one, the, the last one that came out. But I have nothing of Chris Claremont that I want to go read like right now. Like, ooh, what's that work that he's working on right now? That was awesome. So I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Alan Moore, but the longer that Alan Moore stays alive, the more immortal he becomes. Someone kill him, too. <laughs> Another vote for Alan Moore. Mike, is it a clean sweep? I will, uh, I will not make it a clean sweep, even though it is definitely Alan Moore. Uh, Joker. But I, I will vote for Chris Claremont uh, only because X-Men 2, which was based on a lot of Claremont's stuff, much better than any of Alan Moore's movies. Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, I'm going to change back. That's a good one. There you go. Alan change it to uh, Chris Claremont, but it doesn't matter. Alan Moore is moving on to the next round. <laughs> I know. 
And we are on to our next fight. Chuck, this one is yours. It's a difficult one for me. I don't know about you. It is Peter David versus Frank Miller. Peter David. Wow, that was I, a... I guess that wasn't difficult. A very quick, quick, quick Peter David. I was expecting Frank Miller. I, I Frank Miller has done epic things. He's got a few epic runs out there. Um, Peter David is consistent. He's a journeyman. He, I, I think Dominic said it earlier when he said he writes characters nobody wants. He made Aquaman okay. <laughs> like, I know Aquaman's really great now, but he made Aquaman okay. Uh, you know, I mean, he took characters nobody wanted to write and turned them into characters that you actually care about. Uh, his current run on X Factor, his former run on X Factor, where it was like, who the fuck are these people and why do I even care? Uh, there, there's so much that he's done by just being consistent for comic books, uh, that I, I can't vote against Peter David. And and Frank Miller is great, but I'm going Peter David. Dominic? Uh, uh, okay, so I've heard this once, and because you said it, I'm going to throw it out there. You said that Peter David takes characters that people don't want and makes them great. And I'm pretty sure that the man without fear, Daredevil, Daredevil was not a big, deal until Frank Miller like flipped the script on that character. And so that run of Daredevil was an example of him taking a character that nobody wanted to, you know, do anything awesome with and did something awesome with it and created like the Electro run after that. Uh God, three hundred was like a story in Greek history that he turned into some crazy Frank Miller. He turns everything into crazy Frank Miller versions of everything, and I think that um, creatively gives him a leg up, and I'm, I'm just going to go, because whenever we're talking about, we're talking about a run of the Hulk that people haven't read in 20 years, and I'm pretty sure that everybody's read something of Frank Miller in like the last two years, or a year, or month. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Frank Miller, because everything that he writes, no, not everything, a lot of the things that he writes with you and you remember them. Uh, vote for Frank Miller. Uh, I, they wouldn't be voting for Frank Miller if they'd been reading anything he'd written within the last few years. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why I changed, I changed it. I, I had to change that real quick. Okay. Uh, Mike? Uh, you know, you, you mentioned that, that Frank Miller did that with Daredevil, and yeah, Peter David did that a lot, um, but Frank Miller also did that with Batman. Uh, the reason that Batman is that, that character is Frank Miller. I mean, he was successful before the TV show. He had his ups and downs, uh, but certainly in the period that Frank Miller had come along, Batman was was very much a, a slightly yeah. darker run-of-the-mill superhero, and Frank Miller turned him into something something else. And that changed Batman. That changed comics. Uh, you know, just just for for that alone. Uh, I mean. The, the reason that we have a movie called The Dark Knight Rises coming is because Frank Miller made, I mean, even though he didn't create the term, he made that associated with Batman just on Dark Knight. And that's him as, as, as an artist as well. And, you know, certainly, you know, more so than, than some of the other writer artists on here. And I think he's the only artist on the, the writer thing. I mean, that's just a good example is, is he's on the writer side here. Uh, also because of work like, Batman Year One 
and Daredevil Born Again. I mean, you talk about Man Without Fear. That was a great book, but I don't. I, I I'm I was floored by by Daredevil Born Again. I mean the the that work with Mazzucchelli, and it reads completely differently. And his work with Bill Sienkiewicz reads completely differently. I mean, he really can transform his writing to his artist, uh, even with Jim Lee. And I actually personally love All-Star Batman and Robin. I think that book is a blast. And it's also <laughs> amazingly well-drawn. But, you know, I also like the movie Batman and Robin. So, you know, my, my Batman tastes may be a little bit wider than, than most. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just... Just on those things alone, he—he's the reason we give a fuck about Batman, uh, at least at least to the level that we do. And uh, Peter David, great writer. I'll take nothing away from him, but again, Frank Miller changed comics. Holy uh, rusted metal, Batman! Uh, vote for Frank Miller. It is all tied up. It comes down <sighs> to you, Kirsten. Holy crap! What? What of all the things to tie break? Um. Because I don't know, it, it can Fox or Thomas match up against Miller, and uh, that puts him into the, the 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 final bracket for the writers. And is it going to be Morrison or Moore? And who's going to? Uh. Well, of course, we could have an interesting. If Moore wins, we could have a reprise of the Moore Miller uh, tangle over uh, Occupy. Occupy um, geek fights. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, I'm a little torn because yeah, yeah, Mike, excellent point about you know it, it, he did transform Batman, it, it, and he did it so much that people actually are totally believing that was Batman all the way back, and actually he kind of did transform Batman. I mean, he played on elements that were there, but he really did change him and uh, made him into the badass that he is. And um, uh, Daredevil has never been the same, you know, except when uh, Miller was working him. And uh, he is credited with bringing a cinematic attitude and style through his art, granted, to comics. And that has now turned around to where um, cinema is actually uh, emulating his style, a la 300. Um, it's kind of rough, but... Uh, you know, at the same time, he's become a real fascist, which is just like, holy shit, crazy. So, um, yeah, but I, I, shit, still have to. I will, uh, I will uh, go with Miller. A vote for Frank Miller. It's Miller time. <laughs> and Frank Miller moves on. <laughs> we are on to our next fight. It is Gardner Fox versus Roy Thomas. Um, you know, it's funny because we, we talk about what what they're contributed what they contributed to comics, and Gardner Fox basically is Silver Age DC. Uh, Roy Thomas is basically Bronze Bronze Age Marvel, and uh, Bronze Age Marvel kicks the shit out of Silver Age DC. For me, I'm not saying that that's not the way it actually is. It's just for me, that's the way I feel, and. Roy Thomas is what I want comics to do, always be doing, which is moving forward. And uh, DC kind of took a step back by trying to go back to the Silver Age recently. Uh, so I'm going to vote for Roy Thomas because I don't think Marvel will do that, even though they have done that too. 
Dominic? I'm sorry. I was totally like in another world. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter what I said. It, it's Gardner Fox versus Roy Thomas. Uh, I don't have anything invented to say. Um, Gardner Fox. Of Gardner, Gardner Fox. Fox. Mike. Yeah, it's interesting the way that you phrased it, the Silver Age DC versus Bronze Age Marvel, and, and interesting that Gardner Fox starts off you know, writing in the Golden Age and, and Roy Thomas in the Silver Age, and both of them wind up defining those, those time periods. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it does come down to what, what do I really like more and enjoy more, and uh, you know, you look at stuff like the Kree Scroll War and the stuff that he did on Thor and the stuff that he did on the Avengers. Uh, you know, I, Gardner Fox is someone whose name I knew after I became a, a comic book fan and learned that there were these writers who created these characters and wrote these stories, and, and those were, were big time stories. But Roy Thomas was stuff that I actually just, I knew who he was from reading the comics, from going, wow, this is a great comic, who wrote it? Uh, and, and I, yeah, I mean, that's certainly this is, is my nostalgia vote uh, for that, even, even at DC with things like, uh, you know, All-Star Squadron and, and things like that. But really, it is that, that Silver Age Marvel or that Bronze Age Marvel with Thor and Avengers and Fantastic Four. I mean, shit, is, was there a book he didn't write in the 70s at Marvel? Yeah, I don't know. So, Roy Thomas. Another vote for Roy Thomas. Kirsten. Yeah, you summed it up perfectly, uh, Damon. Bronze Age Marvel kicks Silver Age DC's ass. Uh, history all aside. So, Thomas, I'll keep that short. Another vote for Roy Thomas. And Chuck. Uh, yeah, despite being a, a DC guy, I think uh, both you and Mike uh, hit the nail on the head here. Uh, Roy Thomas's um, storylines were much more innovative and interesting, and I actually read them. Uh, Gardner Fox, I think Mike did a great uh, job pointing out how he, like, we kind of knew of his existence, maybe occasionally would have come across some older stories, just like when you're a kid. And you're watching Star Wars and stuff, and you knew there were movies starring Cary Grant and shit like that, and they were great, but you weren't watching them. Who cares? That's the same thing here. Roy Thomas, man. And Roy Thomas takes the win. More hate on Dominic. We hate you, Dominic, apparently. I, I, I feel like he stabbed me in the heart when he said that thing about Cary Grant. I'm like, you know, oh, one of the greatest stars of history <laughs> of, of cinema. Oh, I don't know who that is. Fuck him. <laughs> like, oh, oh my God. When I look yeah, up Gardner no, Fox, I get pictures of Zatanna and Green Lantern and Flash. And when I look at pictures of Roy Thomas, I get bunches of white, bunch of white dudes. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm telling you what I see. Shit, I'm sorry. Uh, Conan and the Avengers. I don't know. It, it's a wash for me, so I don't care. Okay, but Roy Thomas is moving on. Uh, we are on to our next fight. Back to artist Dominic. This one is yours. It is Steve Ditko versus ne- Neil Adams. Uh, um, who drew who drew Excalibur? That's what comes to my mind when I think of Neil Adams. That's not right, right? Is that right? I don't think so. Like, no, that was no, Alan no. Davis. Yeah, that's yeah. Alan Davis. That's what I'm thinking. Of. Okay. Uh, Neil Adams. Neil Adams. 
I'll go Neil Adams. I, I, Neil Adams is, is pretty iconic. I'm going to go with Neil Adams. I don't really have a good reason. I'm going to lose anyway. So You don't need a good reason. A vote for Neil Adams, Mike. Yeah, I mean, this is really, really tough. Um, and, and again, I just kind of have to go with which one whose work I, I really do enjoy more. And and it's Neil Adams. I mean, I, I love Ditko, but I, I've always, I've, I've certainly have leaned more closer to uh, liking a lot of photorealist artists. Um, and, and maybe that slight preference in style. Uh, plus, uh, just. Uh, you know, maybe Neil's representation of Superman for me became, and in many ways still is the representative that that is Superman. Whereas, as you know, like I said, Ditko Spider-Man did kind of get replaced by Ramitas, and uh, you know, characters like the Question, and and you know, Ditko's Doctor Strange even kind of gets replaced by by Frank Bruner and, and Gene Colan in, in a lot of ways. Uh, so, you know, Neil has created visually iconic green lanterns and batman says he has batman run with neil with danny o'neill i forgot about that uh yeah i gotta give it to neil i mean he's just uh in terms of who just draws like a motherfucker uh, that's neil adams uh vote for neil adams uh kirsten um you know there, there has been a little come around for Ditko. Uh, actually, the current uh, version of dr strange is uh leaning a little more towards the uh, Ditko style a little leaner the gray hair you know way up on the on the the sides of the head then right at the temples uh the defenders dr strange while having a different coloring in his costume actually looks a lot more ditko-ish so there is a bit of hearkening back to that and uh um while bagley's uh spider-man is definitely uh um uh, uh who the who the hell uh, McFarlane Larson whoever is a Spider-Man uh, was that back in the 90s uh it um that harkens to Ditko as well and uh people are doing a lot of Spider-Man like that now so i think Ditko is making a bit of his comeback um it's it's I think this the is new a movie is very Ditko too yeah you know and uh i can only hope for that cuz that is just some cool stuff um Damn, Adams, yeah, he's just, wow. I mean, I love, I love a photorealistic approach to comics. The, the better an artist is at the drawing life, the, the more, the more I love that. And, uh, Adams and Perez and, uh, um, Busema, those guys are really the ones that at the end of the day, I truly honestly love. So, um, uh, I guess I'll go with Adams. Another vote for Neil Adams. Chuck. Uh, yeah, you know, Steve Ditko, don't get me wrong. Um, amazing contributions, but I was never a huge Spider-Man uh, uh, fan, uh, unlike most other people. Um, I'm going to go with Neil Adams just because he did a lot of DC stuff that I really liked. Um, and, uh, you know, his style of art is good, too, but it's really more that I just encountered more uh, stuff that Neil Adams did when I was younger, reading things. So, just personal meaning to me. Uh, vote for Neil Adams. Um, Neil Adams and, and Denny O'Neill. He's not on the writer's side. He might have he deserved to be on there, but yeah. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill changed DC Comics from the the upstanding hero superhero uh, to people with feet of clay, uh, the the Marvel style hero. Uh, I, I I've got to give them their their props for that. So I will be clean sweeping Neil Adams into the next round for for the feet of clay heroes of the 1970s that I actually like in the DC universe. I don't like Silver Age DC. I will say that over and over again. Uh, we are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It's Bill Sienkiewicz versus John Buscema. Wow, this, this is really tough. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to go with Bill Sienkiewicz because as, as amazing an illustrator as Buscema is, um, look at his first work at Marvel um, probably the Avengers. Look at his last work at Marvel. Um, look at all of the work in between, and you see it—you know—tremendous body of work. But it all stays in a very consistent range, which is certainly exactly what he set out to do. That was his job. I mean, he was the the consummate, uh, you know, comic artist professional. But uh, Sinkevich, look at that. You know, early Neil Adams stuff, and then you know, go to Electra Assassin and Straight Toasters, and and if you you can see, you know, one of the things that's going to come up with me a lot in in some of these upcoming discussions is being able to watch the the arc that an artist's uh, career takes and his work takes, and you can see it, you know, starting off, you know, pretty much is just a clone, and then you know, starting to explore a little bit more in Moon Knight. And then a little bit more in in uh, New Mutants, you know, all of a sudden it's very impressionistic, and that gets you to things like Electra and Daredevil, and and the painted stuff, and it's just this transformation that that I really never saw in in comics art before. I mean, it was a very traditional medium for a long time, you know. Kirby, there's 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 certainly a wide range of growth, but I think not even as much as you see in, in, in Sienkiewicz over the course of his career. And, you know, Damon, you mentioned Inkers earlier, and this is a guy who is still uh, keeping his toes wet in comics, even though he's, he's moved on to other types of illustration, you know, other types that pay better. Um, and, and he does still a lot of inking, and he is, he is an old-fashioned inker. You, you don't get a tracer with, with uh, Bill Sienkiewicz as an inker, he transforms what what he's got into a Bill Sienkiewicz piece, but still keeping you know the structure and flavor of the original, and that that really is kind of a consummate uh, ink artist. Uh, so for just that wide range of, of things, and because he's also a phenomenal inker, uh, I'm going to go with Bill Sienkiewicz. Uh, vote for Bill Sienkiewicz, Kirsten. Sienkiewicz is uh, just so extraordinary, not just in his arting styles, but the different media he worked in. He was definitely very experimental and and really out there. I mean, the same reason I would uh, I originally loved Ditko was the reason I uh, I would vote for Sienkiewicz. Um, But you know what? Uh, At the same time, there were comics of his that he. did the art for that I was reading that I was like, wow, this is some incredible art. But at the same time, I wasn't terribly enjoying the comic. And, um, 
I always loved uh, Buscema, even when he was doing his journeyman, um, master craftsman, uh, you know, his workmanship type style. I still love Buscema. I was heartbroken when I heard he had passed away and that they would never get any more comic art from him. And if he were alive today and if there was a, a, a comic uh, illustrated by uh, Busema and a comic illustrated by Sienkiewicz. I have to say, I'd probably buy the Busema and I'd probably enjoy it as a comic um, rather than as raw art uh, more than I would Sienkiewicz. So I'm going to vote for Busema. A uh, vote for Busema, uh, Chuck. Yeah, I would like to vote for Busema, but I'm going to go with Sienkiewicz um, because, first of all, you can't blame artists for uh, bad storylines. Uh, and uh, Sienkiewicz just has more of a unique uh, style of art. Um, I don't want to vote against Buscema because I, I really like him as well. But um, in terms of just sheer uh, artwork and, you know, like a comic medium and uh, kind of uh, changing the dynamic of, of what's expected from readers, um, it's got to go with the big Bill. A uh, vote for Bill Sienkiewicz. Um... Hmm, do I give it to Sinkevich right now, or do I let Dominic decide? I think I'll let Dominic decide. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Dominic. Which one takes the win? I don't think I'll, we talked a long time about this, but I don't think we've like, like, actually like portrayed how far this actual this, this actual fight is. Like, Bill Sinkevich art is freaking amazing. Like some of the photorealistic awesomeness that comes in the painterly style at the same time, and I love the New Mutants. That that round of the New Mutants was like crack for me. And Electra Assassin, and come on, man, that stuff was awesome. But I'm there was this picture in the Bill Buscema pictures that was a Wolverine, which made me think of that time mm. of Wolverine. And then I was so I. I did yeah. a search on Wolverine and Bill and, and Buscema, and the pictures of Wolverine that are coming up are like some of the most iconic pictures of Wolverine that mm -hmm. I remember. Like that, that was the reason why you bought those comics because it was just. It, I think that's Kitty Pride like Wolverine, like when they went on that little trip to Japan and all, oh my yeah. god, Madripoor and uh, and he and the whole patch storyline and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I, I wanted to, build, to vote for the for the crazy bear story and the new mutant stuff, but I mean, I love Wolverine, man. Like, back in the... And this is Wolverine with the eye patch and and wearing a suit and... Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with them because... Oh! That, 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 that's against what I was gonna do, too. That's totally, like, changing because I'm a sucker for Wolverine. There you go. Wolverine. A vote for John Buscema. And Wolverine finally gets some love on this show. <laughs> <laughs> and we are moving <laughs> on to our next fight. Of course, and it's, it's by the person that everybody hates. There you go. What? We don't hate you. Well, you know, you guys are all voting against me. No, no. Yeah. no we, we just hate your opinions. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, there you go. That's what I Anyway, on to the next fight. Uh, Kirsten, this one is yours. Uh, this is actually a hard one. It is Jim Lee versus John Byrne. Wow, that's a that's a sudden. Um, 
Holy crap. Uh, John Byrne versus Jim Lee. Um, you know, these two guys, they, they, they're, they're, you were talking before about uh, image and, and carryover of, of dislike and Lee not getting his props and, Byrne certainly gets a lot of uh, a lot of hate too. It's uh, it's interesting how much these guys in particular will will uh, you know charge people up. Um, I uh, I just there was that period when I was younger that 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 Alpha Flight and that period on X Men and his little bit on Avengers where Byrne was just the most amazing. Uh, artist and uh, his his inker had a lot to do with it. Austin in particular, but also like I mentioned before, Dan Green. And when he inked his own stuff, I wasn't as fond of it. Um, and and then he would go through periods where he actually didn't even draw, pencil. He actually went directly to ink and would uh, do uh, do the ink right straight on because uh, you know to help save time and. Uh, um, I do like what he's doing in terms of like his Star Trek stuff and everything. Uh, but I have to say, you know, I've been looking at Lee and I was never excited about Lee back in the day. I thought that the, the X-Men stuff was dazzling, but overall, um, various properties of the image type of style, I just, just bothered me. But Lee has grown on me. And I actually have to say that now, Going back to my argument of if you know if doing the doing work now, I'll uh, I'll 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 grab a, a a drawn by Lee title before I'll grab a burn one. Um, so I will actually vote for Lee. A uh, vote for Jim Lee, uh, Chuck. Everybody knows the burn is the word, man. Uh, John Byrne, uh, sure, just like Jim Lee, a uh, lot of. A lot of criticism, but the man has been a staple in comics since the 70s. Uh, so much great stuff. Um, I got to go with Byrne. A vote for John Byrne. And, you know, you, you guys are absolutely right. John Byrne has contributed greatly to what comics are today. But I believe this in my heart of hearts. Jim Lee right now, we are at a period where Jim Lee is shaping comics for the future. Because I was not reading DC Comics a year ago. I was not. Now he's co-editor-in-chief. All of a sudden, some of these books are good. Some of these books I like. Some of these books are for me. Uh, I don't know if it's directly, if Jim Lee is directly responsible, but I'm going to give a little credit to him right now. So I'm, I'm going to go with Jim Lee. Uh, Dominic. Dominic, are you there? Did yeah, you? I'm just... Uh, mute. That's the mute button for it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's your turn. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was totally talking, though. Um, I don't know. This is really hard. This is really, really hard. Crisis was a big deal. And a lot of John Byrne art, even though John Byrne is certifiable. Uh, I don't know. Jim Lee is... Jim Lee is my wheelhouse, man. I, I feel like I... I should ride Jim Lee all the way to the finish line. Except his art is always going to evoke some kind of emotion. Even though you may not like something about what he draws or the way he draws something, like you don't like the women jackets, that the old 80s jackets that he's drawing on everybody right now, uh, you still like it. It's still cool art. I, I think that Jim Lee's art will stand out. You're long, long 
from years like similar to how John Burns art still stands out a little. Like I, I love that Superman story, but I, I'm still vote for Jim Lee. I'm gonna go with Jim Lee. Another vote for Jim Lee and Mike. Uh, you know, th- this actually isn't as hard as it seems. Um, Jim Lee is clearly better. If you want to know how much better an artist Jim Lee is, go check out Hush Unwrapped. Um, I got it for Christmas. It's, it's Hush entirely from his pencils. And it's amazing. It is phenomenal. I mean, all due respect to Scott Williams and Alex Sinclair, and, and certainly the, you know, the story flows better with their contributions, but Jim Lee and his drawing ability is unmatched. But I'm still going to vote for John Byrne, and, and here's why. Years ago, at um, a Chicago comic convention, when it was still at the Ramada O'Hare, uh, I was there with my friend Tony, my friend Dennis. We're standing on the upper floor where our, uh, our room was, looking out over this ledge into uh, the lobby. And there are these guys there who were causing trouble all weekend. This was the last year it was held at that Ramada, I believe. Um, and they were like, they'd been like chucking chairs and stuff into the lobby from upper floors. And they're going nuts. And there are these small press indie comics guys who were way cooler than everybody else and hated on everybody. And they looked up and they saw us and they yelled out, what the fuck are you looking at? You facial hair wearing John Byrne worshiping motherfuckers. And we all kind of stopped and looked at each other. And yeah, we all had beards and yeah, we all worship John Byrne. So they were right. I worship John Byrne. He was, he was my first. And uh, I don't care how crazy he is. I don't care how bad the art gets. I still keep coming back. I'm like a junkie for John Byrne. I'm just glad that the stuff's good again. So now I don't feel guilty about buying it. Because that's how much I love John. A vote for John Byrne. And the love for John Byrne ends right now. Jim Lee is moving on. And we are on to our next fight. <laughs> Damn you. Uh, <laughs> this fight is yours, Chuck. It is Jack Kirby versus Sergio Argomez. Kirby. I thought you would say that. I'd actually already written that down. Um, yeah. I... I like I, I said before, I've never gotten Jack Kirby. I, I just don't get it. I, sorry. Because you're un-American. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe there were some subtle things that he put in there that says, I hate black people. So I just didn't like no, he it. Hates- <laughs> he like, hates what? He hates Klingons. He hates Klingons. No, no, black people. Because, uh, you just call black people Klingons? That's messed up, dude. That's what people no, used to no, call me no, a Star Trek no, experience. Has, has made this observation in the past that people yeah. confuse black people with Klingons. All the time. Happens all yeah. the time. Anyway, uh, Dominic, what is your vote? <laughs> I'm sorry. Klingons and black people. I, I'm lost now. Um, what was the fight again? <laughs> it's Jack Kirby versus Sergio Argonez. I, I don't really like Mad Magazine, so I don't know. I, I understand that it was great, and I understand that Groot's great, but I, I, I never spent my money on any Sergio Argonez anything, like, ever. Like, 
Like, I've never been compelled to buy anything that he ever did. So, as much as I like the person and think that he is a great artist and a welcome addition to comic art, I'm going to vote the other way. There you go. I'll vote for Jack Kirby. Mike? I I will uh, also vote for Jack Kirby um, because he killed Another vote for Jack Kirby. Mike trying to prove that he isn't an anti-Semite. Uh, Kirsten. <laughs> Kirby, all the way. He's King Kirby. Another vote for Kirby. Kirby moving on very quickly. We are on to our next fight. Back to the Riders for a spot in the final two for the Riders. Uh, it is Grant Morrison versus Alan Moore. It comes to me, and this is a fucked up fight. <laughs> Plain and simple. Uh, you may not like all of the stuff that Grant Morris has done. You may not like all the stuff that Alan Moore has done. But there is no denying that they have both done great pieces of work. Flat out, period. They have done some great shit. Um, is this where I pull it out? I, I, I kind of almost have to, but I, I can't. Don't pull it out. Well, has anybody else heard the heroin story of, of Grant Morrison's where he was wearing a white yeah, suit? The, tell it. I don't think it's heroin. Oh, no, it was heroin. It was heroin. Tell the story. Tell the story. I don't know. No, it was heroin because he was on a plane in the white suit. And he took a bunch of heroin right before he got on the plane. And he went to sleep. He fell asleep because he was high on heroin. But what heroin does is make you constipated. And when you come down off of heroin, it releases. He fell asleep. He released. And he was walking around an airport with the back of his pants full of shit and people could see it because he was wearing a big white suit. And, uh, I, I learned that from, I don't know who he was telling that story to, but I know I was standing nearby and I got to hear that. Uh, so I'm going to go for Grant Morrison, uh, j- just because I've met him once and he, and he was like, uh, he, he actually goaded Alex Ross into doing something for me. So, uh, Grant Morrison, uh, Dominic, I'm going to continue the blasphemy and uh, vote for uh, Grant Morrison. I, there's something about what Grant Morrison is doing now that, I mean, if he falls on his face and turns into, like, you know, incoherent Grant Morrison again, again um, I'll, I'll have to eat my words later, but uh, I just feel like he's doing compelling stuff that is changing DC Comics for the better right now. And, and I, I don't know. As much as I love Alan Moore, Alan Moore hates us. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Grant Morrison. Oh, vote for Grant Morrison. Mike? Uh, I'm going to vote for Alan Moore. Um, And not because of a physical fight, but these are both practicing magicians. Uh, Both (laughs) wizards in their own right. One a chaos magician. a modern rock and roll sigil wielding chaos magician and Alan Moore, a, a kind of a, a almost kind of robe, dark druidic, uh, ancient magician. Uh, and I think if they were to do mystic battle, uh, Alan Moore's hair would transform into snakes and, uh, those snakes would devour Grant Morrison and Grant Morrison has no hair. So he would be defenseless. So, Alan Moore. 
Uh, the the old magician argument. Uh, I'm glad you pulled that one out of your ass, Mike. A vote, again. A vote for Alan Moore. Uh, Kirsten? Moore. It, you know what? That's actually very compelling. The whole hair fight. I mean, Moore. Holy mackerel. Has he, he's, he's got Morrison's so beat on that. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, what the hell? I'll vote for Moore. More for the hair. Oh, vote for more. And and Dominic is not. He is not the Joker. He is the shark. He he planted it. He planted it a really really long time ago. <laughs> it is all tied up. It comes down to you, Chuck. Which one takes the win? Uh, well, Mike kind of stole my whole physical borderline physical fight idea. Uh, but uh, one thing I like about Alan Moore is he's really great in those uh, Geico commercials. You know, uh, with the Neanderthals. <laughs> 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 should, should Alan Moore's hair just become its own uh, thing? No, no, no. Yeah, but, uh, uh, but I guess, you know, when push comes to shove, who's going to win in a physical fight, all right? Some bald Scottish guy on heroin or some crazy tribal guy that's going to rip your head off, Alan Moore. He's like UFC, though. He's like UFC. He's skinny. A vote for Alan Moore. And Alan Moore is into the final two for the riders. Uh, Dominic, this fight is yours. Uh, oh, it's kind of Bronze Age versus Bronze Age, kind of. It is Frank Miller versus Roy Thomas. I've been trying to kill Roy Thomas since this thing started, and I, I have not been able to do it. And that means I'm going to lose this time, too. But Frank Miller, because Frank Miller did everything that, I don't know, there's, the only reason that there's movies and TV shows and crap like that is because someone liked comic books or thought that comic books could translate outside of that medium. And as much as you want to say this is a comic book, uh, who's the best of, this is also, you know, what is the best of. Like, the reason why we had all those Marvel movies last year that were awesome and the reason that we have The Dark Knight and all that other stuff is because somebody thought that somebody's work transcended beyond the written page or beyond to draw on page, and I think that Frank Miller is a big part of why that is. So I'm going to go with Frank Miller. Uh, vote for Frank Miller. Mike? Uh, I, I also vote for Frank Miller. I won for Occupy Geek Fights in the uh, final four. <laughs> <laughs> and two, because uh, Frank Miller you know, it, it, it's funny. Frank Miller, when he started on Daredevil, he was on it for over a year with, with Roger Stern as the writer. And, uh, and it was good stuff, but it, it didn't become the Daredevil that we know until he took over as a writer. I mean, he, he, again, he is the only artist on this side. But he kind of created a visual language. Not created, but he sort of distilled the visual language from a lot of other sources. And, and in very in many ways, kind of wrote with pictures. And you, he was, you know, back back then, writing was was a lot of word balloons and a lot of dialogue and a lot of thought balloons. And Frank Miller, just because he was the artist, because he knew what was going on, because he was able to craft a story that could fit uh, what he wanted to do with the art, he would have those wordless pages. He would, uh, he would have those layouts and those designs that told the story without using words, which is not something a lot of writers can do. Um, 
And then, you know, if you, if you think about it, going back to the dark Knight, he's almost single-handedly responsible, I guess, along with Alan Moore, who, may, who I think he should face off in the next round for all of the first person narrative boxes that now is the only way people tell comics. I mean, they basically killed the thought balloon by writing in such a way that became more compelling to, to the audience. Uh, so, you know, as, as an artist, certainly he, he could deserve to be on the other side of this bracket, but even just as a writer, I think he has just done more interesting and, and powerful work, uh, more work that really is mature adult works of art. Whereas Roy Thomas, as great as his work was still kind of stayed within that kid safe, kid friendly you know, maybe not even maybe kind of PG at the best comics code world that he was allowed to create in. But Frank Miller kind of created, I mean, he, I guess he started off in that same, that same thing. I mean, he had his, a lot of his books were, had a problem with the code, but he was able to just really mature the, uh, the medium in a way that Roy Thomas never did. Oh, vote for Frank Miller, Kirsten. Um, <clears throat> well, I think uh, I think the 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 Occupy Geek fights is inevitable, so I'll go ahead and vote for Roy Thomas in protest of Miller's growing fascism. So, Thomas. Oh, vote for Roy Thomas, uh, Chuck. Well, I've already pointed out the douchebaggery of Frank Miller, but um, I I won't deny, you know, uh, even as Mike has pointed out rather intelligently, all of the contributions he's made to comics. However, we have kind of like a George Lucas effect here, where you have a guy that came out with some awesome shit, really completely, you know, transformed the industry in certain ways, and then, like, just kind of, like, has been riding off the reputation of those works. And not only has not made anything interesting for a while, but has made stuff that's, like, just terrible. And, uh... I mean, his artwork, you know, is terrible, too, but I'm not going to hold that against him. Um, uh, so, I don't know. I got mixed feelings about Frank Miller. I think he really was groundbreaking. Um, on the other hand, you know, Roy Thomas, he was working more in, like, the 70s and things when it was more restricted, more censorship. Um, he did, however, come out with that um, great song, Smooth, with Carlos Santana. Um, but uh, nevertheless, I think I'm going to begrudgingly uh, go with Frank Miller because he did transform uh, comic books. And uh, I don't really think Batman was a character that needed to be saved. But I, I do agree, Mike, and I think someone else pointed out before that um, what we see as Batman today, Frank Miller was really kind of responsible for that. So despite the fact that he's become a complete jerk, uh, and in my opinion, almost a hack at this point, uh, I'm going to begrudgingly vote for Frank Miller. Another vote for Frank Miller. And I, I don't like Frank Miller at all. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll vote for him for one issue and one issue only. The only issue that I like of Sin City, it's Silent Night. <laughs> and it's the completely, word. I think there's one word in the whole entire book. It's only one issue. It's not very long, but he's able to tell not a story, not only a story with words, but he can tell it with pictures, and that that's actually a huge thing for a comic book creator is to be able to do well both, and he can. So I will go with Frank Miller 
And uh, Frank Miller is moving on. Back to artist Mike. This one is yours. It is Neil Adams versus John Buscema. Um, hmm, this is interesting because they're very, uh, very similar styles and, and both, uh, had a lot of the, the same kind of elements to them, but I think I'm still going to stick with, with Neil Adams. Uh, Buscema was great, but Adams just in his pure draftsmanship could draw more. He could draw a wider range of stuff in a very realistic style um and i think that was just so so kind of for me engaging because the, these giving this level of reality to uh this fantastic stuff uh i think is 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 just pretty astounding um and and yeah i mean he he drew things very very real i mean again going back to that superman versus muhammad ali I mean, there's there's likenesses in there. Uh, he could draw real people very very recognizably, but still clearly in Neil Adams' drawing. Uh, he could draw real places. Uh, you know, you look at his Metropolis, and and you really do see the streets of New York. Uh, and, uh, and you know, it was not a, it was an idealized version, but a very very real idealized version and. I don't think anybody had done that in comics as well uh, until Neil Adams. So a vote for Neil Adams, Kirsten. Um, <clears throat> I uh, I'll vote for Buscema. I um, I just uh, um, love what he did. I love what Adams did, but Buscema did a lot for more for me and meant a lot more to me. Uh, back in the days when I was reading comics that both of them did. So, I'm going with Buscema. Uh, vote for Buscema. Chuck? Uh, yeah, pretty much for those same exact reasons, I'm going to vote for uh, Adams, because um, I was always more of a DC fan as opposed to a Marvel fan, which I know that is more rare, especially with people around our age. But, um, you know, a lot of great stuff. Um, Brave and the Bold and other things, uh, DC-wise, that um, uh, just uh, personally I was more interested in. Uh, so nothing against Bushema. Uh, it's just more for personal reasons, uh, the things that he actually did that I read going with Adams. I'll vote for Neil Adams. Hmm. Do I vote for Wolverine here, or do I crush Dominic? <laughs> <laughs> That was my evil laugh, by the way. Um, you know, I when 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 you say John Buscema, nothing nothing really comes to mind. Like when you say like there are certain things that I you know when you say oh, oh yeah the Wolverine run the, the other things that you guys have mentioned I kind of under I kind of know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about with Neil Adams. Period. Like it, he is DC Comics to me, kind of in the 1970s. Like if I'm reading a 70s DC comic. Odds are he did the art on it. Plus, isn't he the, also the guy who does the iconic uh, chain-breaking Superman? Isn't that yes. him? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you see it today, and it looks stupid because he's breaking chains. They were kryptonite chains, so it made sense back right. when he originally did it. It makes no sense now showing him as a strong man breaking chains but they're not, when they're not kryptonite. doesn't matter. I'm still voting for Neil Adams. I'm a Marvel guy. Yeah, I said it. 
Neil did a lot of Marvel. Did he? What did he do with Marvel? He did Avengers. He did uh, the Kree Scroll. He did the Avengers. He did uh, X Men. X Men. He did Thor. Well, yeah, he he did the uh, the Bronze Age uh, second generation of costumes for the X Men uh, before they moved into the Claremont Cockrum era. See, those were good costumes. I like those. See, yeah. Neil Adams. I, I I feel more confident. Although I w- I would prefer it was art, but that's fine. Um, Dominic. Okay. So, all right, fine. So, <laughs> Salvage Emma. We were talking about Salvage Emma and... John Buscema. You know, Sal's his brother. Fair enough. <laughs> um, all I know is that run, that little, it was like a little mini, it was like six issues or something, and it was awesome. And, I, you know, it's very hard for me, because, like, Nowadays, we all know who everybody is. But when I was reading comics when I was a kid, I didn't even crap who anybody was. I was reading the comic book. I didn't care who was drawing it. I didn't even look at the names. People were talking about names now and acting like they knew who the names were when they were reading it. I didn't give a crap. I was reading it for the stories inside and the pictures, and I didn't care who wrote them. Somebody got paid. I don't care. I was I bought Batman. I wasn't caring who drew it. So, But as much as I want to vote for Buscema, I'm going to go with Geek Logic and Batman, Ode- Batman Odyssey is batshit crazy. And you'd think that would be enough for me to vote for it on batshit crazy people. But when I, when I pull up a Google search for Neil, Neil Adams art, super delicious ingredients force came up for Taco Bell. <laughs> I have been laughing my ass off with the mute button on for like five minutes over that. So, I want to vote for Neil Adams off of the super delicious ingredients force. A vote for the super delicious ingredients force and Neil Adams, and Neil Adams is moving on, and we are on to our next fight. It's for the last spot in the finals-ish. Uh, Kirsten, this one is yours. It is Jim Lee versus Jack Kirby. Well, we kind of got a Lee-Kirby fight here. Um, sort of. <laughs> um... <clears throat> I like uh, I, uh, you know, I, Lee, Lee's growing on me, and I certainly respect other things he's done, especially, as was mentioned, the co-publisher position and stuff. Um, he was certainly, uh, I, from what I heard, he was actually a stabilizing influence on the image crowd when they left and did their own thing. Um, and uh, I, I have tremendous respect for that. But uh, Kirby, you know, when you when you get down to brass tacks, uh, everything that uh, we've been talking about so far, even art wise, uh, really, really comes from him. Uh, he wasn't photorealistic. He was uh, he 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 was bold. He, he was considered crude by some. I remember his work in uh, D.C. Um, they actually had a, a Superman artists go over his superman because they just did not like the super uh the the kirby superman face so it'd be a kirby superman body but it would be uh i don't know if it was swan scharfenberger or the superman artist face and um uh but he was still i mean he was still you know he the dynamic the energy the power the sheer power of his art and conceptually too um even if you're going to um, argue Lee Kirby, who created what, you can see 
um, Kirby's uh, uh, concepts, the cosmic God concept, you know, whether it was um, Galactus, the Eternals, um, uh, uh, Orion and Darkseid, whatever, whatever Kirby, that, that whole cosmic, I love the cosmic element of, uh, of comics. And Kirby was definitely a man who was a part of that. And he took that a biblical, a bib, biblical power old testament shit and he welded with science fiction to create this incredibly potent imagery that uh, even for some people maybe dated is still just the most coolest stuff i'm i'm enjoying reading the kirby genesis comics that are coming out right now there's a lot of fun reference in there and and i i, I still got to give it to the king because uh at the end of the day you know i mean i hear people on on um, on uh, other forums for like role playing games and stuff, making references to Kirby esque gods when they want to talk about certain pantheons and stuff, and th that man just you know he transcends so much. So Kirby, a vote for Jack Kirby, Chuck. Wow, man, yeah, I mean you said a lot of those things uh, exactly how I feel. I really love like the whole cosmic uh, aspect of Kirby's uh, stuff. I remember. Uh, I didn't go to the last New York Comic Con, but the one before that, either 2008, 2009, whatever the hell. Um, I even remember going there um, and getting like my, uh, you know, hush run of Batman signed, all the issues signed by Jim Lee and other things signed by Jim Lee. And I bought a trade uh, of um, Kirby's New Gods. And I remember going home being more excited about getting the uh, Kirby New Gods trade than I was having all these things signed by Jim Lee. And I don't mean to, I vote against Jim Lee a lot in, in this, but I, I really like him a lot, don't get me wrong. But um, Kirby's stuff is just really cool. His cosmic stuff is just fantastic. It almost, in, in some instances, when you look at just like some Kirby's black and white stuff that's like uh, space or cosmic related, almost seems kind of like a precursor to something like Mobius and things you saw in Heavy Metal later on. Which I'm yeah. Kind of, mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here. Kirby. Another vote for Jack Kirby. It's going to be a Kirby fest. I can taste it in my mouth. Yeah, Jack Kirby just ejaculated in my mouth. I see it. <laughs> That's what this show is going to be. A mouth to mouth. That's, that's what everybody always says. Uh, anyway, uh, Fuck Jack Kirby. I, like, I, I understand the impact that he had on comics 30, 40, 50, 60, and 70 years ago. I, I, I truly believe that we are in, an, in the Jim Lee era of comics, and 30 years from now, somebody's going to be saying the exact same thing that I'm saying, which is, fuck Jim Lee. I understand he made contributions so long ago, but fuck him. He's, he's irrelevant now. And I'm not saying that Jack Kirby's irrelevant, but I think that today's comics are directly affected by what Jim Lee has done over the last 20 years, and Jack Kirby's been dead for the last 20 years. So, I'm going to go with Jim Lee. Be probably the lone vote. Dominic? That's it. Jack Kirby's wow. dead. I, I've, never, <laughs> I, like, I've never felt one way. This whole fight, I've felt one way, and I've only gotten played once, really badly. But, like, I don't know, it just started to like, it was like the 49er game where the 49ers were losing and then they just came back at the end, like 
I don't understand how you guys did this to me, but like the compelling argument on Jack Kirby, I was like, wow, you're right. <laughs> like I was like big Barda, like the forever people. Oh my God. There's so much like Kirby stuff that regardless of whether I like the art or think the art is the best art ever, it, it's impactful. And it, it creatively added something. I can't think of anybody that I, well, Grifter, I guess, but I can't think of anybody that Jim Lee, who did Jim Lee create? Can anybody think of that? Wildcats. Yeah, that's a good point. Ouch. Yeah, that's in Jack Kirby's favor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. Like, I wanted to vote for Jim Lee because he's current and he's my era. But, uh, I mean, statuesque Big Barda. And uh, you know all that apocalypse goodness. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with that or Dark Side, excuse me. But I'm gonna go with um, Mr. Kirby and the Kirby Crackle. Another vote for Kirby yeah. and Mike. Uh, I will vote for Jack Kirby. Two reasons. Reason number one: uh, when Kirby died, you know we were talking about his Kirby's cosmic stuff. When Kirby died, I don't remember who, but somebody in one of the many tributes said, uh, one day, uh, millions of years in the future, man will have explored the universe, and when we finally come to the universe's end, we will look down, and it will be signed Jack Kirby. (laughs) And secondly, and I don't know if this story is true, and I don't care, because it would be even better if it's not true. But you know the kind of the 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 high water mark for the Lee Kirby Fantastic Four run and and for comics and really the first kind of mini epic in comics was the Galactus trilogy and the story goes Lee completely denies this the mm. the the synopsis that he got for the Jack Kirby got from Stan Lee was one sentence. And that sentence was, have them meet God. And that's yeah. why there's a big G on his chest. <laughs> and that's, that's the kind of balls that Jack Kirby has. He's just like, all right, how do I draw God? And then he spent the rest of his career trying to find different ways to draw God. Jack Kirby. And Jack Kirby, fucking asshole, is into the final two of the art of his side. Uh, Going to find out who wins the writer side. Chuck, this one is yours. It is Alan Moore versus Frank Miller. Um, well, you've already heard my various complaints about Frank Miller. Um, and uh, again, despite all those complaints, I, I can't deny probably his number one contribution. You know, Daredevil, you know, that's a great run and everything, but still not Batman. Batman, um, has just become like such a towering figure in, in popular culture. Even people that don't really like comic books or whatever love Batman. And um, Frank Miller is responsible for kind of like the darker, you know, uh, you know, the Batman that we associate with Batman today. Uh, however, be that as it may, I'm still going to vote for Alan Moore because um, uh, he's always coming up with something that's very. Uh, 
creative, like uh, sure, um, the structure of stories, the way things are, are done and more visceral with Frank Miller um, is groundbreaking. However, like you even get something like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, not only um, you have like a really witty story, but you've got like subtle references to like obscure science fiction books by C.S. Lewis and things like that, like scattered all throughout his works. Uh, and um, when push comes to shove, I feel like there's a little bit more intelligence behind the writing and the ideas in Alan Moore's work than there is in um, Frank Miller. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to being a writer, it's really more about, in my mind, a more intelligent written story. Uh, so that's why I'm going with Moore. Uh, vote for Alan Moore. Um, you know, <laughs> Frank Miller, Frank Miller is iconic. Frank Miller is great. Uh, I, I would easily vote for Frank Miller if, uh, year one or, uh, Dark Knight Returns was my favorite Batman story. Uh, you know, his, his Daredevil stuff is pretty close to being my favorite, although I did like what Bendis did. I, I did like the Bendis and Brubaker runs on Daredevil, which wouldn't be possible without Frank Miller. but. Uh, there's just some stuff that Alan Moore has done that I like a little bit better. Like that's plain and simple. That's the way it works. Plus, Frank Miller has more shitty movies than Alan Moore. <laughs> Flat out, the spirit is a pile of shit. Uh, what is it? Uh, what, what the hell is that? Uh, RoboCop two and three. You can chalk up to Frank Miller. I thought it was just three. I thought I think he writes two no, and he wrote two. Oh, and okay. he wrote a draft of three, but what saw the screen. Doesn't matter. I'm blaming him for those. <laughs> at, le at least I get at least one movie that I like of, of Alan Moore. So I'll take that. So I'll go with Alan Moore. Uh, Dominic. Dominic, you've muted yourself. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't really know. Like, yeah, I do. Screw Alan Moore. Freaking Frank Miller, dude. If I was going to go read something right now, actually, no, you're right. I would read <laughs> Alan Moore, <too. laughs> But, uh, outside of that new, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, um, what else? I think that Frank Miller is the only person left on the list that could be on either side. And I think that says a lot about his impact in comics and the fact that he could be an artist and just be a, just as impactful on the other side. He'd probably be in the finals on the other side or pretty damn close. Makes him better than Alan Moore. And Alan Moore is a prick. Just like uh, Frank Miller is a prick. Um, money destroys everything. And I think that Frank Miller was always crazy and was always an ass, but he was poor ass, so he had to keep his ass quiet. And now that he's rich, he can say whatever he wants and do whatever he wants, and it just gets more misogynistic and terrible, but it doesn't matter because he's Frank Miller, and all the stuff that he makes is awesome. Even the crazy, stupid shit that he makes, like Batman. Which one was All-Star? All-Star Batman? Batman? All-Star Batman, right? Yeah. That was actually crazy. But it doesn't matter because it was Frank Miller, and I'm sure there's some value to it. I haven't read it, but I remember that. I think the, the, Green, the Green Lantern episode 
permit issue of that was supposed to be exceptional. So I will say Frank Miller. I'll vote for Frank Miller. Uh, uh, Mike. Uh, I will vote for Alan Moore. Um, because, <laughs> because, uh, Dominic voted for Frank, Miller. uh, no, because, uh, you know, Frank Miller at the end of the day is, and I, I love Frank Miller's work. I have everything Frank Miller has released since his, from his daredevil run on. I don't have some of the older stuff, some of the Marvel team up stuff, but certainly everything he has ever written. I own, and I can't say that about about Alan Moore. Um, but it, at the end, Frank Miller, even though he does a tremendous job telling this story, he's really kind of retelling the same story over and over and over again. Um, and it's a story that's basically, I mean, it's anti-authoritarian, and and it's kind of you know dark and and grim and gritty. Uh, but Alan Moore can tell a, a lot of different kinds of stories. He can tell funny stories. He can tell cosmic stories. He can tell super stories. You know, Frank Miller can write a great Batman, but he writes a shitty Superman. Uh, Alan Moore wrote Killing Joke and uh, uh, What Do You Get, The Man Who Has Everything or whatever that is. He can write every character and write them all well. And, uh, and I think he would also still win the fight. A vote for Alan Moore and Kirsten. Yeah, you know what? That's a that's a beautiful point right there towards the end. Uh, Alan Moore, some of my favorite Superman stories in comics, Alan Moore's scripts on Supreme. And you have uh, basically this uh, this this generic. Um, this is my version of Superman from from poor old Rob Liefeld. And uh, Moore comes in, and he does this fantastic just little portrayal of the whole Superman universe that is just absolutely, you know, uh, phenomenal. My favorite stuff about Superman, and, and it isn't even Superman. Um, and, uh, yeah, Occupy Geek Fights. Uh, Miller's a bit of a fascist. I mean, he's gotten really whacked lately. Uh, Moore is whacked as well, but uh, I don't know. I see it almost as a good whack. Holy Terror, which is one of the, the most recent things Miller has done, is just plain, it's, it's not even in the political bend. It's just looking at it creatively, I don't think is, is, is great stuff and I, I think is a bit of a slide. Whereas more, you know, I'm still reading League of Extraordinary Gentlemen whenever they put out and uh, Tom Strong and Top Ten. Top Ten was so extraordinary. What, what I mean, you know, and and uh, Promethea, you know, we, we, we gave J.H. Williams the early uh, write-off, uh, but the Promethea was, was awesome as well. Just that whole journey through magic and the Kabbalah that, that he was doing. I mean, you want to talk about a counterpoint to Kirby's biblical, cosmic awesomeness. You had that right there with Moore, which he also touches on. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's just for... For what he's done with the uh, Batman and with uh, with uh, Daredevil, Kirby, Cur- uh, I'm sorry, Miller does not quite touch that, and so it is more. And Alan Moore wins the writer side. Uh, let's he see who wins the artist side on what's going to turn out to be the longest episode we've ever done. <laughs> 
Uh, it is Neil Adams versus Jack Kirby. I hate Jack Kirby. I'm voting for Neil Adams. I don't know why I have to keep saying it, Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody votes against me, I'm voting for Jack Kirby. There you go. <laughs> Another vote. Uh, I'll vote for Kirby. Mike? Uh, yeah, I will, uh, I will vote for uh, Kirby as well. Um, and, you know, because I... A lot of people hate the late Kirby stuff. I, I absolutely love it. I think if you were to do a whole bunch of drugs and read Kirby's Captain America and the Eternals all in one sitting, uh, you would unlock the secrets of the universe. Been there. Unless <laughs> 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 you were going to say you, you would unlock like an achievement on Xbox or something. Oh, I didn't know what you were thinking. That was awesome. Uh, Kirsten. Um. You know what has been really interesting and is going to be really interesting when it shapes up in the final fight? Uh, I forget which one of you guys said it earlier yeah, when you were talking about Lee. Who is Lee created? You know? Um, when we talk about Miller, when we talk about Moore, when we talk about Adams, we are talking about what they did. What they did with Daredevil. What they did with Adams. We're going to talk about what they did with Batman as well as Miller. What he did with Batman. Uh, what he did with Green Lantern, Green Arrow, what he did with with uh, the X-Men, the, the, the cooler costumes, what he did with those already existing things. Kirby um, co-creating all over the place. Fantastic Four, the, the whole Marvel Silver Age, uh, Captain America, uh, Mr. Miracle and beautiful Barda, things as innocuous as say the I don't know the Fighting American who we know uh, the Eternals the the the, the new gods uh, the Celestials, Fin Fang fucking Foom for Christ's sake! <laughs> Kirby has made it all. He has created so much stuff and great villains too. We have Magneto. We have Doctor. Doom, we have Galactus and the Watcher. We have Dark Side on the uh, DC side. It uh, and there's there's no taking away from what Neil Adams did. Especially as I said, I love that particular style, that photorealistic style. But conceptually, holy crap! A Kirby, Kirby, Kirby. In so case you didn't get it, Kirby. I'll vote for Neil Adams. No. <laughs> I'll vote for Jack Kirby and Chuck. Um, I just want to point out, I think one of the better statements uh, during this podcast was, uh, Damon, your rationale for why Jack Kirby, you don't like him, is probably because he didn't like black people. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but uh, who knows? Maybe he did. I don't, I don't know. But um, Kirby, uh, I mean, he's just a towering figure. I mean, why don't you like him, Damon? Uh, it's partially, I, I never really cared about the art. Cause, you don't like, like the look of it or right. And then the other half is everybody telling me he's great. And it's like, well, for you me, like he's not overhyped. You feel like, oh, uh, yeah, I think it's partially part of the problem with Jack Kirby is Jack Kirby. Um, if you come across him on your own, it's great. Um, mm -hmm. if you've been told he's great the whole time and then you finally see him, he doesn't live up to that. Mm -hmm. He can't live up to that hype. It's almost impossible to be called the greatest artist that has ever written a, drawn a comic book, and then you come to it thinking, having what you have in your head, 
being the greatest artist, you know, the great greatest art you've ever seen, and it, and it doesn't live up to that. It can't live up to that. The legend of Jack Kirby can't live up to what Jack Kirby actually is, and the people who come behind and come to Jack Kirby after hearing he's great are almost always let down, and that and, and that kind of sucks because it really should be. Oh, hey, there's Jack Kirby too. You should check him out. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I mean, I'm voting for Jack Kirby, but oh, I, I know. You, uh, you you run into a lot of stuff like that too with comics, like people getting into comics and other things, and people are just like, "Batman Year One is the greatest thing ever," and then it's just kind of like uh, becomes almost like a orthodoxy, you know. Um, not to say Year One is bad, but anyway, Kirby and Kirby, surprise, surprise, wins the artist side. Uh, we are at the final, final, final fight. Uh, it is artist versus writer. It is Alan Moore versus Jack Kirby. Dominic, you get to start that one off so we can all vote the opposite of what you pick. Finally. The Rock has come back to the final start. Um, this is hard, because I'm not really invested either way. <laughs> I want to say Alan Moore, but nine times out of ten, I don't really want to read that stuff again, because it's really wordy, and I'm lazy, I guess. Um... Jack Kirby, pretty pictures. Wait, they're not pretty. They're different. I'm going to go with Kirby, because Kirby should win. I'll vote for Jack Kirby. Um, The reason I'm going... I'm just skipping everybody. The reason I'm going to vote for (laughs) Alan Moore right now is because... And it's not not because I, I dislike Jack Kirby or because Jack Kirby never lived up to the hype. It's because I like writers more. I... I... I've always been more concerned with who the writer of a comic book is than who the artist is. Because generally speaking, the art can be subpar and I'm fine as long as the story is great. Um, if the art is great and the story sucks, I, I almost always eventually drop the book just because the art isn't enough for me. and never has been, probably never will be, because that's just not how I work. Uh, so I'm going to vote for Alan Moore just because I, I prefer writers over artists. That's all. Uh, Mike. Uh, I I am going to go with with Kirby, uh, partially because I'm the opposite. I'm I'm an art guy. I will respond to uh, a a book with great art, bef- more so than a book with great stories. Yeah, certainly, ideally, I would like both. Uh, and I love Alan Moore's work. Uh, you know, I, I I even have his spoken word CDs, um, but. Uh, you know, with Kirby, and th- this is a great example. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It, it's Kirby because of the movies. Uh, Kirby's movies are better than Alan Moore's movies, and not just better. One of the interesting. I mean, if you look at Alan Moore's movies, Watchmen. Well, that was really just an update of Charlton characters. Mm-hmm. The extraordinary gentlemen. Well, those are all other fictional characters. Uh, From Hell. Well, those were real people. And, uh, well, okay, V for Vendetta, well, that's kind of still got a lot of uh, Guy Fox woven in there. Uh, and, you know, with the exception of Thor, which is mythology, and, and Kirby actually managed to make Norse mythology better. Uh, it's all stuff that he created. This is called Best Comic Creator. And, oh, uh, snap. Alan Moore is fantastic at playing in other people's playgrounds, Jack Kirby builds the playground. 
Boom. Uh, vote for fuck you, Mike. Uh, Kirsten. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, Mike just summed it up uh, real well there. Uh, he, you know, I got a little tear to my eye with the, uh, the, the his previous uh, um, speech on Kirby, Kirby Lee, but uh, it, um, it's, it's true. He just he created so much, and more, more did astounding things with other properties starting right off with the swamp thing and the others uh and yeah watchmen are based on the charlton characters and uh um even even um tom strong and top 10 and those are actually very referential to other things that have come before um i do think it's ironic that i will say that it seems like more references a lot of stuff that kirby really wasn't connected to and it's um, also interesting because they both play around with kind of like magic uh, more with his obvious uh, his obvious magic, especially like with Promethea um, and uh, Kirby with the cosmic god thing that I, I've already gone on about that I love so much. Um, but uh, at the at the end of it, if you're going to look at one and look at the other and say who wins, I think the deal breaker ultimately has to be. Kirby Dots, Kirby Crackle, the ultimate representation representation of energy in comics. I just love it, and it's Kirby, and it's all Kirby, 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 Kirby. And Chuck. Um, yeah, I can understand Damon where you're coming from. Where like, uh, especially like a modern reader of comics hears all this stuff about Kirby. Hey, Kirby's so great, he's awesome. You go back, and you're like, oh, this is it. Um, but uh, I mean, Kirby was writing in a time when comics were much more one-dimensional, superheroes saving the world, and cliche statements. And he was able to um, make it more three-dimensional, if you will. Uh, uh, you know, uh, pretty much create almost how Mike was saying, kind of like a playground on which other creative people were able to build on. Um, you know, he was wor- working in. Uh, you know, an era where comics became very tightly restricted and was able to still work very creatively through that. I mean, it's just like today, like if you, you know, a movie like 2001 Space Odyssey, which, you know, was super visually groundbreaking, you know, some kid in high school looks at today, they're going to say this is a slumber fest, unless they're like, they're like a film student. Um, so I can yeah. see why some of like the, the really cutting edge, groundbreaking aspects of Kirby might not be as directly impactful um, to some people say, but nevertheless, I still think that um, he's still just such a towering figure, you know, just in the, the world of comic art, and I gotta vote for him. And Jack Kirby is the best comic book creator of all time this week until we do it again and add names, <laughs> no, and add different names like Art Adams, um, Mark Way, there's there is so many people that got left off this list. Oh and yeah, truly deserve to be on in the discussion. It, it's actually crazy. If you're a comic book fan, uh, you know it. Anyway, uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Um, uh, Dominic. Uh, not really. I'm espresso Do- espresso Dom on Twitter. There you go. Expresso Dom on Twitter. Uh, Chuck. 
Um, well, I just want to let all you uh, Detroit Line fans, uh, you know, don't worry, relax. You got a great season coming up with the Detroit Pistons, uh, so you know you can follow that. Oh fuck you! They suck. <laughs> <laughs> they are a horrible team. And uh, Kirsten. Um, I uh, podcast weekly on the UglyCouchShow.com, and uh, in the near future, a couple months from now, I'll start appearing on the video casts as well. Um, and uh, that's uh, that's basically it right there, right now, for now. UglyCouchShow.com. UglyCouchShow.com. Chief is on there. Yes, he is. Uh, check out BacklotD.com. Uh, let's see, DVDGeeks.tv. Uh, subspacecommunicate.com uh, they're awesome podcast life after trek the soulless minions of an- anarchy sorry orthodoxy uh, at soullessminions.lipson.com uh, Brian and I have into the bat cave special thanks goes to Karen and Chris Mitchell for what they do on the uh, the geek vice tumblr of course Jared Formby for his pimped out intros you can read his blog hey star trek at hey star trek.net uh, Mike you got anything uh, you can find me on these odd complex podcasts where we talk about comic books, but uh, not for as long as this and actually not, not as well as this. I think uh, you can also find me on the weekend geek video show on YouTube uh, where we also talk about comic books, but we talk about new stuff. So none of these people, well, a few, people. Uh, you can find us at geekfights.net where we have lists of show ideas, brackets. We mentioned earlier, our past episodes and more. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and the Zoom Network or like us on Facebook. If you'd like to be on the panel, just contact us at geekfights at gmail.com or at geekfights on Twitter. That's all it takes to join the Legion of Geeks. Uh, Let's see. If you made it through this episode, which only comic book fans will, and you'll be yelling (laughs) at it the whole time. uh, Next week, we've got Best Detective. And then after that is Best Romantic Comedy. Hmm. For Valentine's Day. It's going to be lovely. Any and all ideas are welcome. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Keep fighting the geek fight. Good night. And that's a dance. Occupy geek fights. We're making <laughs> stickers. <Yeah. laughs> nice. Oh, that was a good one. Despite the yeah. length. Yeah. Oh, no. It was very intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. N- no yeah. doubt. Well, I said, we said this is, this is one everyone's going to take pretty seriously. Yep. Yep. Have you done best movie character? Best movie character. Best movie character. How so? Like like open interpretation. Yeah. Well, just like a character in a movie, it could be freaking the dude from uh, Godfather or whatever. It doesn't matter. That would be a a very bizarre topic. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I'd do it. Okay. Probably Captain America from the Captain America 90s movie would win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would end up being bizarre. That's exactly what would end up winning. It's something really strange. Yeah. yeah. You still got to do Best of Bond. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Lando, Lando Calrissian would win. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 40% of the time. Episode, I guess it's oh, 90. Oh, wins. If Tanner runs everything. Right. Uh, when you have a del- time traveling DeLorean, you need to win. Uh, best of Bond. March. I see that story first. 
I feel that story first. I know those people first. When I put them down, they've already lived. And I put them down as I'd like them to live on those pages. My stories are very sincere. My stories are people's stories. And there's elements in my stories that are very, very real. And it doesn't matter what the subject is. And I've done stories in a wide range of subjects. My inspirations were the fact that I had to make sales. And I had to come up with characters that were no longer stereotypes. In other words, I couldn't depend on gangsters. I had to get something new. And of course, I, for some reason, I, I went to the Bible. I came up with Galactus. And there I was in, in, in front of this tremendous figure who I knew very well because I've always felt him and I, I, I certainly couldn't treat him in the same way that I would any ordinary mortal. And I remember in my first story, I had to back away from him to resolve that story. And of course, the Silver Surfer is the fallen angel. And when Galactus relegated him to Earth, he stayed on Earth. And that was the beginning of his adventures. And they were figures that had never before been used in comics. They were above mythic figures. And of course, they were the first gods. And I began thinking along those lines. And the new gods evolved from those lines. And I began to ask myself, everybody else had their gods, what are ours? What, what is the shape of our society in the form of myth and legend? Who are our gods? Who are our evil gods? And who are our good ones? And I tried to resolve them in the new gods. And I came up with some very, very interesting characters and very good sales, which satisfied, satisfied me immensely. Now, I didn't resolve the questions. I'm a guy who lives with a lot of questions. I say, what's out there? And I try to resolve that. And I never can. I don't think anybody can. Who's got the answers? I sure would like to hear the ultimate one. But I haven't yet. And so I live with a lot of questions. And I find that entertaining. I find that entertaining. And uh, if my life were to win tomorrow, it would be fulfilled in that manner. I would say, the questions have been terrific. The comic book medium itself is special. It's something that was, uh, that's a result of uh, evolvement. I, from what I understand, the editorial comic was first. And then they added a few panels to that and you had a comic strip. And they added a few pages to that and you had a comic book. And what we can add to the comic book? Uh, we may have to think about that. I do have to tell the story about how my mother thinks Facebook uh, can tell that she's black and, uh, <laughs> and it's discriminating against her in games. <laughs> yeah. 
because we play millionaire and who wants to be a fifth grader every day. And every now and again, somebody will answer a question quicker than her. And she thought she answered it quicker. And she's like, they must know I'm black. I'm going to have to change my Facebook picture. Like, wow, mom. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a whole al- algorithm for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My email knows I'm broke. You keep telling me bankruptcy lawyers. You know, like it's top of my email when I log in. That's always a, a good bad sign. It's, exactly. It's, it's coming robot apocalypse. The internet like, is trying to help you. Well, the internet is down right now. It's, it's See, this is, this is scary because we don't know what it's doing when it's tucked away from us. When it comes back, it may be dangerous. That'll be funny. Is it comes back and then all of a sudden everybody has new viruses. Like what the fuck? I've got virus. Yeah, basically, SOPA triggers the Terminator apocalypse. SOPA yeah, right? is the beginning of Skynet. Yes, because that's it. They go after Skynet and in self-defense he nukes them. It's always the humans that start it. It's so going to activate sh- those. It's going to activate those things with RoboCop. What were we those, better uh, get. We better get this thing out quick. Anyway. Rubbing my nipples.